Blog Talk Radio. In a matter of hours, Mark Rick's new coaching staff will throw on their new Adidas polos with the U emblazoned on their chest, and they will go out recruiting for the first time for the University of Miami. It promises to be a wild three weeks ahead of us, Canes fans. Pretty much every day for the past several days, Canes Sport has learned of a new recruit that the Miami staff has offered and enticed to visit. Some early commits to the recruiting class have been dropped, and that Swag 16 class that once was ranked number one in the country with the Al Golden hype machine behind it is now down to number 31, just three weeks before signing day. You could talk all you want about Mark Rick's track record as a head coach and about the kind of winning he might be able to do at Miami. But make no mistake about it. It all starts with recruiting, and what happens in the next three weeks is going to go a long way towards determining how quickly Rick is able to get the Miami program on solid footing. We'll talk about all of that and more tonight as we embark on a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest tonight, two hours, maybe a few minutes overtime in Hurricane Sports. As always, it's your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. As always, we have 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate in the show. If you want to be on the show and speak, all you got to do, you hit the number 1 on your keypad when you call in. That'll send us a prompt that you would like to be on the show and we will bring you in in the order that you called. 
As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here are some of what they came up with. Who are the potential run stoppers on this team in a front seven next year? Well, you got to start, obviously, at the defensive tackle position. And I think Kendrick Norton should be a beast by next year. Should have redshirted this year, made a marginal contribution. But uh, now, you know, eight months in the weight room uh, with this new st- – and, you know, obviously Coach Cool on the staff. I think Kendrick Norton should emerge next fall as a big-time defensive tackle. And another guy that I think that is going to get better – here in the offseason is Anthony Moten. And I think he'll benefit from a little better coaching as well and could come back next fall and be a little bit of a better player. So that's who I would project right now. But at the same time, we don't know who's going to be coming in uh, here in the recruiting class. And, and obviously, things could change over the next eight months. And in, in terms of linebackers, you know, I think obviously you got to hope that Jawan Young takes the next step in progression uh, as a middle linebacker. But I wouldn't sleep on any of these kids coming in, um, like a Shaq Waterman, for example, or a Zach McLeod. Uh, I think these guys coming in early and being participants in spring practice are going to inject themselves right into the mix, and anything could happen at linebacker as well. But you got to believe that Jawan Young and Jermaine Grace in particular have inside tracks to starting jobs at that position. Which wide receivers, if they all stick, will get playing time at that position as true freshmen next year? I'll tell you what. That receiver position right now in recruiting is wide open, okay? And I think it's really hard to make those type of predictions right now because there's a lot of kids coming on the board. You've got Amon Richards coming back. Um, He's going to visit. And we think he's going to end up getting back in this recruiting class. And a a lot of other new names at receiver, which we could talk about uh, later in the show if if you want. Uh, So it's really hard to say what true freshmen are going to play. Um, I wouldn't even make that prediction right now for Mullins or Sam Bruce uh, because we just don't know who else is going to be alongside them. And it's going to be a wide-open stampede at receiver. Miami needs receivers. They're going after a lot of them. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that position ends up here in three weeks on National Signing Day. Is Miami still recruiting Deion Jackson? And uh, those of you who forget who Deion Jackson is, he's the cornerback from Hallandale, left in the middle of the year, moved to Jacksonville, didn't play the last half of the season in high school football, um, has not spoken, we found out this week, to Miami coaches, any Miami coaches, old or new, since September. Uh, I think that answers our question. Uh, We would remove him from the commit list, except for the fact that he's telling us he still considers himself committed to Miami. So until we get clarity, we're just leaving him. But at this point, I will personally be extremely surprised if Deion Jackson is still sitting there on the Miami commit list three weeks from now. Does Jack Allison redshirt next year as a true freshman? You've got to believe the answer to that is yes. Uh, totally makes sense for that to happen. Uh, with a pretty easy schedule next year, is a 10-win season um, too soon to think about for the, the 16 Canes? And I would say I don't think so. Uh, I, I think that uh, the schedule is somewhat favorable next year. You know, it's, it's, it's not too bad. I think the team will be significantly improved from what went out there this year. And, um, yeah, 10 wins, 9 wins, I mean, I'd, I'd probably – 
uh, right now, just based on, on what I see, probably would settle in at, at the nine mark. You'll remember I said eight wins before this season and and was right. And uh, I, I would probably settle in at, at around the nine win mark next year before I jump to 10. Um, but there's still so much to be determined right now, and, and, and that obviously could change in a big-time way by September. Where will Gerald, Gerard Willis play this upcoming season, defensive tackle or defensive end? I think he's a guy that they're going to be able to use in both places. I see him being a defensive tackle in passing situations, possibly. Um, I see him being a defensive end in other situations. So, you know, until he starts working with Coach Cool, we don't know. But right now, if I were to project him, that's what I would think will probably happen. I see him being a passing situation tackle. Uh, and um, sharing time at end in other situations. A lot of depth at linebacker with uh, Gayot, Gordner, Grace Perry, Young, Owens, King. Will any of the new linebackers coming in get redshirted? And the, the answer to that is I think they're too good to get redshirted. I'm not real big on what's sitting there at that position once you get past Jermaine Grace, and you can throw uh, Young in there. Um, Owens coming back, I think, has a chance to be a decent player. But all those other guys, um, I I think, uh, have their work cut out for them. I I mean, you know, I don't think Perry or King are ever going to play. I think they're undersized. I think that they're more likely to be career special teams guys. Uh, Jamie Gordner, I think, is one to watch. Uh, He's just a football player. Uh, Lacks that, that... game-breaking speed, and they're going to have to figure out what he can do and what he can't do. But he's one that I would watch in spring practice and see um, if he makes any progressions. Um, but I would think that Shaq and McLeod, without question, will both play as true freshmen. What about Trent Harris? Will he be playing defensive end this season? Seems to be undersized for a defensive end, too slow to play linebacker. Yeah, I would agree with that. And the same question for Mike Smith. Uh, I think those are two guys that are going to have a little bit of a problem in, in this new regime and, and new defense. And it'll be interesting to see what Manny Diaz chooses to do there. I mean, I think Muhammad is a guy that he figures to use in like that swing linebacker, defensive end role, use him as a blitzer a lot. Um so we'll have to see uh, how how that one shakes loose. But I, I think Trent Harris and Mike Smith both uh, could have some problems moving forward here uh, with the new defense. Did Mark Richt go after Mario Cristobal to be part of his staff? Um, the answer to that is I think there might have been a loose inquiry possibly made that didn't go, absolutely didn't, went nowhere. Uh, no, it never reached any serious level. Uh, Personally, I don't think Blake James has any interest in seeing Mario Cristobal employed at the University of Miami. And uh, so, no, I don't think it ever really got serious. I mean, there was a lot of speculation. It looked like Rick might be holding a spot, but he ended up uh, putting his son in that spot to coach quarterbacks. And uh, there never really was a plan for Mario Cristobal. A four-week wait to hire a wide receiver coach. Any idea who the big fish was that Mark Richt was trying to get? Uh, What I think happened was I think that that spot was for Larry Scott. And I think that Larry Scott had the option of staying at Miami. 
Um, he was offered the chance to coach the receivers, and I think he surprised everybody when he turned it down. And uh, then Mark Rick went out and started looking at receiver coaches. Uh, Kevin Beard had a few um, different interviews. Kes McCorvey was another guy that they looked at, and then they, they settled on, on Coach Dugans from uh, South Florida. So uh, I don't think that there was a big fish, so to speak. I think they just thought Larry Scott was going to take that position. If Gus Edwards looks fully healthy, will he take the bulk of the carries next year, or is it Joe Yearby's job to lose? Uh, I think that the offensive coaches are going to love um, Gus if he comes back in good physical condition. I, I don't think he's close to that yet. A, a big thing for him is going to be whether he can make it back for spring practice. We haven't heard any reports in, in that regard. But he is, without question, the kind of back that they're going to love. The question is going to be, after sitting out all these months, um, how long it takes him to get back into form. All right, so obviously an, an enormous amount to talk about as the show goes on. Um, I'm sure a lot of your questions are going to uh, um, revolve around recruiting. Uh, we've been doing an incredible amount of homework in that regard the past week. have spoken to an enormous number of kids, an enormous number of coaches, um, feel like we have as good a handle right now on on where Miami stands today, um, with the understanding that it's constantly changing, almost you know hourly. <laughs> um, we're we're finding out about new kids that are being pursued. So uh, it's going to be a moving target for the next three weeks. I hope you guys have your seatbelts fashioned and are preparing to hit F1 quite a bit um, on the site and on the boards, and uh, we'll do the best we can. Obviously, here over the next three weeks to keep you up to speed. So let's go out to the phones now with that. Uh, 646-595-2048 is the number. 646-595-2048. Once again, hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And we'll start out tonight in the 845. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Yeah, Gary, how are you doing? Greg. What's up, Greg? Welcome back. Uh, I got to start off with, did you hear Al Golden is going to be taking, uh, uh, what's the Lee Corso spot? I did not hear that. Did that come out today? That is, yeah, that is hilarious. I think he'll do a good job. Oh, you do? (laughs) Yeah, he's good on TV. Okay, I hope he does a better job. I mean, I'm I'm, not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you I'm not surprised. I mean, I would have thought other guys that are already employed would have had a, a better shot at, at doing that. Guys like Butch Davis and, you know, but are you, you're telling me that, that they've announced that? I saw it. I have, trust I, me, it's, I saw it today. It was a press release. The Corso was retiring and Al Golden who's going to take his spot. I'm not sure about that, because I'm, I'm doing a... I'm, I'm searching right. right now, and I'm not seeing any of that, so... Well, I, I saw... Okay. Uh, let's talk a little recruiting here. Uh, we have 14 recruits at this point, and we had 18 decommitments, or kids that were told they don't, they're not wanted here. That's an amazing step. 18 kids are no longer on that commit list. I'm not surprised at all. It's unreal. 
Anyway, well, what, how, you what, have to understand how, how 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 bad the evaluation and 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 was the evaluation was in this program the last four or five years. I mean, it was bad. It, it just was flat bad, and uh, a lot of kids were being taken that shouldn't have been being taken that were not the level of players that Miami should have been recruiting, and with a change coming in and a guy coming in as the head coach that knows because if I mean at Georgia playing in the SEC you couldn't recruit kids that that couldn't play you would have no shot so you know Mark Richt understands what he needs and what it takes I think he's hiring coaches um, that either understand or he'll make sure they understand what they need and what it takes and I think that you're seeing a very concerted effort to upgrade the level of player that's in this rec- in this recruiting class immediately. And uh, so I'm not the least bit surprised that the class has been pared down. I think it's going to be pared down even more. Like I said a few minutes ago, I, I don't think Deion Jackson is, is going to end up in this class. We would have eliminated him already if, if, if you know, we knew that for sure. Um, so, you know, they're, they're freeing up spots to bring in players. And there's a lot of them that are recruiting. All right, have you heard anything about the Snelson kid possibly coming back? Yeah, it doesn't look you know, it doesn't look right now to us like they're like they're really recruiting him very seriously. I I mean there's a lot of receivers that have popped up here or at least a few new receivers that have popped up here the last few days um you know Rondre Cricks Rondre Davis from Georgia is 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 one of them um Elijah Stove from Niceville he's a long shot he's committed to Auburn but he will visit on on the 29th um Latrell Williams from Lake City is one that we think they have a great shot at uh there's another kid uh that's a Georgia commit Javon Wims that's come onto the board here in the last few days so you know, right now, when you look at the fact, you know, you've got Sam Bruce committed, you've got Deontay Mullins committed, I think Amon Richards, who's visiting this weekend, will come back in the fold. So that's three right there. And then you've got, you know, the Nate Johnson kid. He's a long shot. He's a Michigan commit right now, but he is visiting this weekend. And, um, you know, we, we have a, a, a poster on canesport.com who's relatively close with Nate, um, who has expressed to us that Nate interest in Miami has been genuine and uh so there's always a chance there. So you got a lot of receivers right now that are on the board and I just don't see where Dredrick Snelson fits right now. Now if Sam Bruce were to back out or something and Mark Ricks will be home visiting him tomorrow, I don't anticipate that happening. But you know, if something like that were to happen and and a slot opens up, I think Snelson's the kind of kid that they can go back on to late and flip him from Minnesota. I I don't think he's crazy about going to Minnesota. But right now we see no evidence that right now that the feeling is mutual between Miami and Snelson. That Snelson's interested in being recruited again, but there's no evidence that Miami is going to play ball. Okay, one last point here. Who do you think out of this staff is going to have the biggest effect on recruiting? Besides Mark Richt, I'm talking uh, about the assistant coaches. I think Thomas Brown, without question, will be a, a, a big player. I think Coach Dugans, with all the receivers being recruited. Um, I think Coach Cool, without question, uh, will play a role 
with Miami trying to get in on on defensive linemen around the country. They're they're, they're trying to get Rashawn Gary, the top defensive tackle in the country, to visit. Um, they're recruiting a defensive tackle out of New Orleans by the name of DeAndre Christmas Giles. Um, and we found out today that they're very heavily involved with a kid named Marcel Southall from Duncanville, Texas. Uh, well, actually, we, we, we've actually known about this for a while, but Mark Rick will home visit him on Sunday, and he'll visit Miami not this weekend, but next weekend. So, the, you know, they're involved there. They're involved with Glenn Logan out of uh, Destrehan High School in Louisiana. Uh, so you're seeing more and more defensive linemen getting involved, and that tells you that Coach Cool will be in, in the middle of the action. So, um, and, and let's not discount Mike Rumpf. With the DBs, I mean, we're seeing a lot of corners pop onto the recruiting board right now, and um, so you got to believe Mike Rumpf will be heavily involved in 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 recruiting in that regard. Well, that would be unbelievable if they could get a pipeline to American Heritage. They have so many players there in the next few years coming out, and if we could develop relationships with like Booker T, Central, and St. Thomas, that's all you need down here. Well, they got three weeks right now to start working on that. All right. Thank you, Gary. Have a good day. All right, Greg. Thanks for uh, kicking off the show. Let's go out now to the uh, 404. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how you doing, man? Doing good. Who's this? Hey, man. This is Roland from New Orleans. What's up, Roland? Welcome back. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm not going to hold you. Um, Quick question, uh, Tyler Bird, the kid that was in the U.S. Army game, uh, cornerback. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh, no, well, he could really play. He, he he could play he safety play. too. It'll depend where they want to put him. Man, that kid looks good. He yeah, really good. Coming to the edge, playing corner. Hey, talking uh, to your phone. We can't hear you real well. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Oh. Is that better? Can you hear me? Much better. Go ahead. Yeah, but uh, no, he looked good. He looked really, really good, man. Yeah, uh, he's a good player. Yeah, very good player. Um, I guess hovering back on the first caller, um, I know you mentioned some uh, D tackles. Uh, there's kids out of uh, out of Louisiana. I think it's critical for for Miami to get a, a, de- a defensive tackle in because I mean it all. You know, I mean you know, Gary, it all starts in the trenches. Um, no doubt about it. You know, uh, no I'd doubt. like to see them get. I think I think they need two of these guys. Now yeah, that might do. that might be a pipe dream, but I think they need two of them. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um, and the kids you name, Logan, the kid from uh, from St. Augustine, really good, good, solid, really solid defensive tackles. And um, you, you, back in the day, it seemed, like, it seemed like Miami had like guys like two. You had it was almost like linebackers converted into DNs and DNs converted into D tackles. I think we need. Well, uh, I'm hoping we get guys that are, you know. You know, fast twitch guys. You know, D tackles that can move. You know, over the last five, six, seven, eight years, we hadn't had we hadn't had, we hadn't had that at all, at all. And I think it's imperative that you know I, the receivers. Don't get me wrong; it's, it's, it's I mean, it's important to have a have you know have a good receiver. There's so many receivers that's coming out. You, you can get a receiver, but but as far as uh, the trenches, I mean, they they, they at least got to bring one, uh, at least one. To, one or two D tackles in this, in this class, which I don't want to get your opinion on, on that first. Yeah, like I said, totally agree. And and we're seeing more and more pop onto the board all the time. And understand something. 
you know, we're doing our work and we're hustling and, 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 and yeah. you know, searching under bushes and everything. There's no guarantees we know about everybody. I mean, I, yeah. I hope we do, but and we're trying to, but there might be other guys that are going to pop in that we don't know about yet. So yeah. it's a moving target. And and how many how many scholarships have been freed up, uh, you know, since Rick came in, you know, with kids being relieved of, of their scholarship or just moving on? How, how, how many have I'll been, be surprised uh, if, if this class isn't 25 kids. Really? And, and, and they figure out. And they figure out a way to make it work. I, I mean, they this program needs players, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, 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 Mark Rick has shown you he's not afraid to hurt feelings. You know, I mean, they they already sent Ty, Tyree Brady home. I mean, you know, they're not afraid. He's not afraid to make the tough decisions, and he yeah. has to do uh, it. I mean, if he if he doesn't, he's not you know going to make progress as fast as everybody wants him to, and he wants to. So. Mm-hmm. I'll be, I, you know, I don't have an exact number. We haven't heard an exact number, but I personally will be surprised if it's not right around twenty-five. Twenty-five, okay. So, and, and one last question, and just put me a hold after this. With the with with the uh, the, the the new coaching staff, um, not going by each individual coach, um, just overall, what's your what's your perspective of the new coaches from? Let's just say on the uh, D line, O line. Um, and just defensive coordinator. I mean, what do you, I mean, what's your thoughts? I mean, just honest, just you know, thoughts on on the on the new staff. Uh, you know, just in general. I know it's not co- cohesive yet because I mean, all those guys are in jail. Yeah, it's, but just you know, overall, how yeah. how can we really have an opinion without we we haven't seen them on the field for one second? That's true. We, you You're know, right. we haven't seen them go through a season together. I mean, but you know, Cyril's at the at the O line spot as a veteran coach. He's been around. Um, okay. You know, so you have to feel, you know, that's a that's a pretty good hire. Um, okay. Thomas Brown is a young running backs coach, a guy that that was well regarded enough that that Georgia got into a bidding contest with Mark Richt over him, and they really wanted to keep him up there in Athens, and and he came down here. Um, you got to feel pretty good about him. Coach Dugans at the receiver spot is is a veteran guy that is very well well regarded. You got to feel good about that. Uh, really, John Richt and Todd Hartley, we really don't have any basis to have any opinions at all whatsoever on how good of a quarterback coach and receiver and um, tight ends coach that they're going to be, so I don't really have an opinion there. Um, coach Cool, universally considered one of the top defensive line coaches in college football. I think you got to feel mm-hmm. pretty good about that one. Um, mm-hmm. Manny, now, Manny Diaz at, at defense coordinator is a guy yeah. that – you hear good opinions on, you hear bad opinions on. You know, there's mm. it, it, the opinions and, and reviews are all over the place. He's you know he's mm. bounced around a little bit, had um had some ups and downs at Texas, had some mm. success um at Mississippi State, where maybe the expectations weren't as high as they were in Austin. But you know what I was told by people in Austin was that. He just wasn't respected there the way he needed to be to make a, a, a positive enough impact. And um, they questioned from the practice. I'm trying to answer your question. Let me finish. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, th- th- this is what I was told when I made phone calls to Austin to ask what the heck happened there. Um, they didn't give him the proper respect. They they questioned his practices. 
Um, they questioned um, the teaching aspect of, of what was being done there. Uh, the teams were, didn't tackle very well, so there was concern about fundamentals. Um, and, you know, they felt like there was too, almost too much blitzing. Now, people here have been calling for blitzing, and they've been calling for ag- ag- aggressiveness, and that's what they're going to get with this Manny Diaz defense. But um, they try. The, what they told me in Austin was that they felt like th- that there was such a great effort to make big plays that they also gave up plays. And, um, you know, they basically ran them out of Austin. So, you know, the, is that fair or not fair? Well, I mean, the Manny Diaz proponents would tell you that the roster wasn't right in Austin and that Manny Diaz didn't have the proper players and he may not have them here at Miami in year one. So, you know, you get a lot of different opinions on him and, and uh, it's very hard to have a definitive opinion there. Um, Obviously Mike Rumpf at the cornerback position knows how to play cornerback and, and knows the position. Now he's got to adjust to being a college coach. He's got to adjust to recruiting. Um, and um, the same thing with the safeties coach doesn't have a ton of experience. He was a GA at Mississippi State last year, so it's real hard to have an opinion on him. So the general answer to your question is it's almost impossible to have an educated opinion because mm-hmm. we haven't seen him do anything yet. Okay, okay, okay. And last quick, quick question, just put me on hold. With this year coming into uh, 2016, Will the players, the former players, be able, be able to be, be allowed to be on the sidelines? And you can just put me on hold. Um, no idea on that, but here's what I'll say. How do you really allow that? Like, like who gets what? to be on the sideline and, and, and who's going to decide? You, you, you know, you can't have 200 guys on That's the sideline that used to play for the program. So you're going to tell Edron James that he's allowed and you're going to tell – Stephen McGuire that he's not, or or you know you're gonna you're gonna tell Clinton Portis he can't, but Edron James can. You're gonna tell Michael Irvin, yeah, you're allowed on the sideline, um, but Philip Dorsett, you're not. You know Duke Johnson, you're not, but Willis McGay, he is. You know I don't know how you do that. Like how do you have a system where former players are hanging out on the sideline when you can't let them all down there? So. I don't know. I personally would be very surprised if that rule changes. I, I think you know they give them their own hospitality area upstairs in the in the um, sky boxes. Uh, not the best seats in the house, but um, mm. they feed them. They they give them a place to hang out. Uh, and I, I'll be surprised if if the rule changes and former players are just allowed in mass to start hanging out on the sideline because I just I just think there's just too many of them. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Gary, man. All right, man. Thank you. Just keep me at home, man. Thanks for being part of it. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go out to the 513. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? What's going on, man? This is Tim from Cincinnati. What's going on? What's up, Tim? How you doing? I'm all right, man. A um, couple of questions um, in regards to recruiting, and just want to get your take on everything. Um Number one is Sam Bruce. Now, I know, you know, he's been saying he's committed to Miami, and while he keeps reiterating that fact, 
we still have as Kings fans in the back of our head, okay, you know, is he being real with us or not? You know, we went through the Jordan Scarlet thing last year. So it's like we're all kind of still iffy on that. And my question would be, number one, is is that do you think that Rick, by going in home tomorrow, is basically asking Sam Bruce, hey, look, where's your head at? Where are you trying to go from here? Because I have other, you know, kids possibly who I can get. Do you think it's more of those meetings? Or do you think it's one of those, I'm going to try to, you know, seal this commitment up? Like, you know, I think it's all the above. All the above. Okay. I mean, you're absolutely okay. right. They have other receivers that are banging the door down to to get in here, and you know, Dredrick Snelson obviously is one of them. And you know, they don't have time to play games. And you know, I think Sam Bruce is is a solid commitment. I'm not going to say otherwise because I was standing, you know, a foot away from him having a conversation, and he flat out looked me in the eye and told me that he's coming to Miami, that there's not an issue. So I'm not going to believe that the that that Anything else is the truth, but there, there are things that concern you. The visits, you know, I, I think you got to be concerned about the fact that he showed up at the Under Armour practices one day in Ohio State outfit. Uh, you know, what's that all about? Like, yeah, then you know, he was with Torrance Gibson at the yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's just well, I'll tell you, go ahead, Torrance Gary, go ahead. Gibson. I wouldn't, I wouldn't too much put too much of the Torrance Gibson thing because Torrance, Torrance Gibson's not very happy at Ohio State, so. Um, you know, he they weren't honest with him when they recruited him. Things have not gone well there. So I don't think it's a situation of Torrance Gibson recruiting um, Sam Bruce necessarily to Ohio State. Um, but, you know, like I said, every time I've spoken to Sam Bruce personally, he's been very consistent. He's always told me the same thing. Do you see things that concern you? Absolutely. But, you know, I'm not going to – sit here right now and, 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 and predict or accuse the kid of lying or whatever, because I have no reason to, you know, I mean, he told mm-hmm. me he'll, he'll be at Miami. So we'll see what happens. Okay. And, uh, number two, um, getting to Greg's thing, the Al Golden thing was a joke that they ran online. Like, yeah. That's, no that's one, totally yeah. not true. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. I'm like, if they replace Corso with Golden, then I'm writing a letter to ESPN myself. Um, well, Golden three. could do TV now. He's pretty good on TV. I could see him. I could see him getting at on the TV and stuff. College Game Day, though. No, Gary? no, no, no. That's oh, what I said. Okay. I don't see okay. College Game Day. Whew. I mean, I think they would put Butch Davis on there before they they would go to somebody like Golden. But oh, I, I do. Okay. I could see him getting a role on TV. Okay, gotcha. And number three, and this is my concern um, with Rump with the Rump hire. I love Rump. Like, listen, I'm not dogging them Kings fans, so don't try to, like, curse me out on the boards or anything. But here's my concern. You know, American Heritage had all those kids that came through, and they were very good kids, you know, that went elsewhere. And my concern is, is even though we haven't heard anything with Burns and Ebanks yet, uh, I know Matt had put on there, I think, yesterday or the day before that, you know, Burns has not really thought about anything and Ebanks doing an unofficial visit. My question is, is, and I'm starting to think, was Rump just steering those kids away from Miami? And I understand because the system that we had here sucked. I understand that. But don't you think it's just kind of odd that they're saying, okay, my coach is coming, I'm definitely official visiting there? Because the thing is, in recruiting, kids always are going to follow relationships of their recruiters, okay? Regardless of 
some kids commit to the school, yes, but a lot of them commit because of the guy who's been recruiting them for so many years. And I'm thinking, well, with Burns and Ebanks, you have Rump, who's been your coach that long. If you see him going to the U, you would think that, okay, well, let me try to check this place out. So my question would be is, do you think that Rump was steering kids away and maybe they just don't you, – you see what I'm saying? Maybe they just don't trust Miami because I just think it's kind of odd that they're just not setting up official visits maybe for like the last weekend or whatever the case may be. That's a tough question to answer. I, I think that there was a disconnect at Heritage and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was was Coach Rump part of that disconnect? You know, I don't know if it's fair for us to say that because I don't think any of us really know. Like, I, I, I obviously people have spoken about it, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure that anybody spoke about it with, with genuine real knowledge that Mike Rump was mm-hmm. the reason those kids weren't coming to Miami. I think that there was just a general environment throughout the community that didn't feel real good about what was going on in Miami. And and I think mm-hmm. it, not just at Heritage, there's a lot of schools where the kids weren't going to Miami. I mean, you had mm-hmm. kids from Booker T. Washington where Tim Harris and his son were coaching going, right. even going, to, going to Florida. So, I mean, I wouldn't pin that necessarily in Heritage or, or Mike Rumpf. I think there were a lot of pockets all over town where they didn't feel good about what was going on. And I don't think Mike Rumpf felt so great about what was going on that he was going to push his kids there. And I don't, right, think, you can, right. I don't think you, I don't think you can blame him for that. No, 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 but no. I, I'm not blaming him for that. I just, you know, with, with Burns being there at Heritage and Ebanks, you would think, I'm just saying, now maybe I could be jumping the gun. I don't, you know, I'm not sure, but I'm just thinking to myself, if you have a guy who's coached you, and he developed a relationship with you, and then you see that coach jump to a school that's local. I, I don't know. Maybe they just don't want to go there. I don't know. Well, but I'm just thinking it, it should just, be enough you know. to, to at least get a visit. I, I would, right. I would, that's that's just my it point. It should be enough right. to at least get a, to at least get a visit. Now, you know, Eubanks has been very entrenched, I think, with Alabama. So, you know, we, mm-hmm. we'll have to see what happens there. You know, you got to deal with the with that Mario Cristobal recruiting beast. On, on that kid, and, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't have any predictions whatsoever. But the relationship with Mike Rumpf should at least, you would think, lead to a visit. Okay, Gary, listen, I'm going to take your word on it now. Um, that's all I have, man. Keep me on hold. Well, it's not a word. Um, I'm, 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 just, I'm just predicting, but, you know, there's no, like, there's no real word yet on those kids. But right. I, I would think they would visit. All right, well, Gary, keep me on hold. Um, the great show. Just want to give a shout-out to you two and Zulu, man, and you have a good night, man. You got it. All right, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 773. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's Billy in Austin. How you doing? What's up, Billy? Welcome back. Appreciate it. Um, well, being in Austin, I guess I'll kind of address the, the Manny Diaz um, talk that I'm sure you heard a little bit. <clears throat> you know, he 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 got to UT in, in 2011. You know, closely after they were in that title game with Colt McCoy, so he inherited a lot of talent when he got here. I think he had the number overall 11th 11th ranked defense. But as the program climbed with Mac Brown, so did his defensive numbers. And early in that year, they went up to BYU, and he they got. <laughs> Um, 
be pretty bad. And the Mac was fired later that year. So I don't necessarily know, you know, from a personal perspective, I don't know how much that was on Diaz compared to the program eroding. And, and we can all, we all still know how bad that situation currently is. So, um, you know, I think the downside with him is that, like you said, he's jumped. So it's hard to tell because the one time he was in a place for more than one year, he got worse over those three years, but so did the program. So it's it's really hard to read in between those lines. Yep, that's about what I heard. So, and that's pretty consistent here, um, you know, in town. I guess my my major question for you is, you, you, know, you, you said it in the beginning of the call, you've, you, you feel very confident you're up to speed with a lot of these kids. I think I can talk on behalf of everyone on this call I think a lot of us for the first time in about five, seven years genuinely feel like we actually have a chance <laughs> um, down the stretch here in signing day and recruiting. How has, when you've talked to all these kids, how has their their philosophy, their, you know, their, their opinion changed with the Mark retire of from Golden and Shannon to now having an actual staff? Well, I, I think that Mark Richt is a guy that they and their parents, the ones that have met him, genuinely like. I mean, he's a very likable guy, and, and, and I think that that goes a long way with the recruits and their families. And I think that's why you're seeing kids that they were recruiting at Georgia who are saying, okay, we will visit Miami now that you're the head coach there. So, um, yeah, I agree. I agree there's a chance. It's very hard to do what they're trying to do here and, you know, come in like superheroes the last three weeks of recruiting and uh, put a class together. Um, I think it helps that the foundation of the class is in place and that you had the early entry kids that are in school um, who are significant recruits. And uh, it looks to me like there's enough kids on the board that if they're looking to fill another ten spots, that you know they 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 seem to be doing it from from a pretty good pool. Okay, you know because the brand is the strongest, if you no, know, if not one of the top. But I think it was just Tim right now, and he mentioned the word trust, and I don't think there was any. I've been on record saying that about South Florida didn't want to send their kids to play for, you know, for Golden. But now that you know, I didn't know how much of an impact that you brand, you know, has currently had now that we actually have a coach <laughs> that people want to buy into, you know, it's, they kind of, Oh yeah, Miami's kind of a good school, but you know, I want to look at the SEC, you know, did you see what I'm getting at? Yep. Um, so let me ask you this. If there's a tough question, because obviously we have a lot of need recruiting wise. If there's one kid that we have to get in this class, side of the ball, one offensive, one defensive. Who is that kid? Wow. Um, and I'm talking. Right. I'm talking not not a, a you know the number one kid on rival. I'm talking the kid that we actually have been in contact with, have a you know a decent shot with at least. Well, I I got to start with those defensive tackles. I mean, I, I think you you know you need a big time defensive tackle. If you're not going to, if you're not going to allow me to include Rashawn Gary, because we don't know yet if he'll visit yeah. and I, and I got to stick to the guys that we know will visit. Um, I, I think you got to look at Christmas Giles. I think you got to look at South hall um, and, and maybe Logan, you know, those defensive tackles because so obviously you feel, that, 
that's a weak spot and that's an important spot. Is it? I mean, and in your opinion, are we? Is it a weaker spot than we are at safety right now? Well, let me put it this way: I, I think that you know linebacker was a weak spot, but I think they've upgraded there. Yes, you know, no question. With, with with those three guys, I don't think there's any question. Um, I I agree that that safety is is a place that you got to look, um, but you know they've got Cedric Wright in the class already, and some people believe he's going to be a very good player. I think that there's a decent chance uh, that they're going to get Romeo Finley out of Niceville. Um, I, okay. I, I think I think there's a really good chance there. I think there's another okay. safety, uh, JJ Givens. Um, from Mechanicsville, Virginia, that you got to keep an eye on. Um, they got a shot there. Um, I think they got a chance with Jamel Cook from Miami Central. Um, how good of a, how good of a player he is, you know, I, I think is very much debated by people. You know, some people sure. think he's really really good. Some people don't. But uh, he's an FSU commit. Um, mm-hmm. We're not sure when he's visiting Miami at this point. He's going to visit Louisville this weekend. But um, it would not shock us at all if, if he ended up getting seriously into the picture. So, you know, the safety position is being addressed. But without a doubt, to me, the place where Miami needs to get better very quickly is a defensive tackle. Um, they've said, Manny Diaz said it himself in an interview he did uh, yesterday when he said, you know, must get better stopping the run. And that starts yep. with the defensive tackles being able to wreak havoc. So um, that's where I would start. And if you let me pick anybody who might be on the board, it would obviously be Rashawn Gary, who's an immediate difference maker. Sure. What about offense? Oh, boy. Um, offense is a, is, is a little trickier. I mean, obviously, you're not going to say quarterback because Jack Allison is not going to figure prominently for – at least for this year. Um, running backs, I personally would like to see a, a real stud impact guy emerge here in the last few weeks. We do not know of the existence of that guy right now. Um, if you think Amir Razul is of that ilk, uh, then you might want to look at him. Um, he's an FSU committee, was a former Miami committee, decommitted. Mm-hmm. Um, he's told us that he's going to take a midweek visit at some point okay. in the next couple of weeks. So he's one to watch. Um, I know a lot of people were hoping that Devois Whaley would be that guy, the former Georgia commit who decommitted from Georgia. Um, now he committed to Arkansas, and uh, mm-hmm. he's, to- he's told us that he has canceled his plans to visit Miami, will not be visiting Miami, and uh, will be headed to Arkansas. So he's out of the picture. So, you know, I would like to see another dude. Like, I'd like to see a guy emerge there. Uh, but right now, he doesn't exist. Uh, obviously, receiver position very, very important. Uh, but you got a lot of guys there. It's hard for me to pick one guy out of all the guys that are on the board right now at receiver who are who are visiting here in the next few weeks. Um, so I can't really pick one of them. Um, there's not an impact tight end, so to speak. Although I do think Evan Hinson, who was once committed there, could get back in the picture at, at tight end, but I don't know that I would put him in that category. So that takes us to the offensive line. And yep. you know, Miami took a lot of offensive linemen last year, and people didn't think they were going to recruit any offensive linemen this year, but I think they got to get at least one or two. And um, there's a kid named Lucas Nyang out of Connecticut, um, real good-looking kid. Miami's battling Auburn and TCU 
for him. Uh, I think that you can maybe put that stamp that you're looking for on him if you wanted to. Uh, There's also an offensive tackle out of the Washington, D.C. area by the name of Jawan Williams that I would keep an eye on. And Stuart Reese out of Ford Pierce is a third big tackle that he was going to visit Georgia when Mark Richt was there. Uh, Stacey Seals was recruiting him to Virginia Tech, so there's a relationship already there. Um, He does have an opening for a visit on the 29th. And I wouldn't be surprised if he got into the picture, too. So I think Miami's got to get one of those three, okay? They, I think they need a big tackle in this class. Yeah, I mean, I thought you would have started at the offensive line um, when you went down your, you know, all those people because well, the I got, position were okay. I, I, did it in, I, did, I did it in reverse order for you. <laughs> Save the best for last, right? Save the most important for last. Well, I got to, I got to the landing spot last. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's like sometimes, like, you look at, like, an old Miss who got – a Laramie Tunsil, that's a complete game changer for their entire offense. Um, and I think, you know, we have Allison, obviously a, a very good quarterback, but, I mean, we have to get something, you know, to continue to, uh, you know, in the non-traditional South Florida positions. One thing that you've done on this call, and I don't know if this is just because it's the staff, Gary, if it's Mark Rick, if it's, if it's strategically done, you've named a lot of out-of-state kids. Yeah, I told you. There's new kids popping up every five minutes. I mean, we, you know, we keep finding new kids that they're on, and you're right. There's a lot from around the country. I mean, is that? I mean, you know, Coach Cool is known to you know when he was at Mizzou, he was recruiting. You know, he mentioned he was the guy for Texas, so that's good. But is that going to be? Do you see that being a continuous trend, or do you see this as? this is an absolute free-for-all to close this class out in three weeks. We're going to take everything we can and then kind of for the 17s get back to, you know, the, 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 the three counties here down here in South Florida. I think in an ideal world, six to seven of your of, of every ten kids that you recruit come from the state of Florida. Um, but I think you have to be able to go out and get a half dozen difference-making kids particularly at the line of scrimmage from other places around the country. And so I have no problem with the fact that you have all these out-of-state offensive linemen and defensive linemen that are on the board right now. I think that's how you have sure. to recruit it. You have to recruit like that at Miami. Because the one thing you don't always get in South Florida are those difference-making defensive tackles. And I know we've had Vince Wilfork and uh, Warren Sapp yep. came down and all and, and, and that kind of thing. But, you know, it's, it's a little harder sometimes to get those type of players from South Florida for whatever reason. Well, Eddie, Eddie Goldman for Florida State is a prime example. You know, they get Keith Bryant from Florida. Where'd you go? I think, think, think we lost you there. So, um we're going to move on. Um, let's go to the 850. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how you doing tonight, Gary? Doing good, doing good. Hey, uh, I, was, I was wondering how you feel about the, the majority of the coaches actually being first-timers. I mean, I know a lot of them have pedigree with Rump, and, and going back to Rump with one of the first callers, you know, I, I think he did actually steer a lot of his recruits away from Miami for a long time. I, I would have put him down as a Miami hater, even though he's an alumni. He's not a hater. Um, but Let me but, tell you something. I, uh, I was with Mike Rumpf minutes after he, he, he got this job, and that guy couldn't be happier 
to be going to Miami than than, than anybody. And um, it's a dream for him. This is a, a dream fulfilled, and he he this is what he always wanted. It just you know you can't blame him for not feeling good about what was going on there under Al Golden. I mean, you just can't. No, 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 absolutely not. I mean, I'm one of the biggest Al Golden haters in the world, you know, so I'm totally well, you fine with that. Hater, I mean. but, but see, the thing is, everybody around town, obviously, <laughs> wants to see the um, the program fixed, but you can't, like, you can't live in in, in fantasy land if you guys, like, like Mike Rumpf. And, and they were looking at what was going on down there in Coral Gables, and, and they weren't happy with it, and they weren't impressed with it. And, you know, I don't think you can blame them for that. It, the program hasn't been doing well. No, absolutely not. But how, how do you actually feel about so many first-time coaches? I mean, that, that's my, my main problem with it. Diaz is fine. I, I got no problem with him as a coach, unlike a lot of people I've heard that are complaining about him. But, I mean, it just seems like a lot of them are greenhorns. Well, I, I think that Mark Rick would have got a better staff together. It was a surprise. You know, in my let's put it that way. I do think it was a surprise because you know money wasn't an issue, and he had the budget to work with and to go out and get who he wanted. Um, but I, here's what I'll say: Mark Rick has been around as a head coach for a long time, and he's tried this thing a lot of different ways. And there's more than one way to skin a cat. And when he's made the big time hires and, and brought in the so-called rock star coordinators and coaches, it hasn't worked very well for him. And I think this time around, he wanted to very carefully select the type of human beings and people that he brought onto his staff. I think he likes the idea of some young coaches that he can mold and and groom the way that he wants to and and that will respect his authority and and his way of doing things. And um, that's why I think you see the makeup of the staff, what it is. Right, right. Um, and one last question about the staff that I was just thinking about with Diaz. Has he ever coached against a uh, triple option before? Uh, that was just one thing I was thinking about with this upcoming season was like, I wonder if he's ever actually coached against them being at Texas and Mississippi state and everything. I mean, I know Rick knows how, but that's from an offensive side. Um, uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but I, I, when the caller asked you who are the two people that I think are a must-get, personally, I got to go with the Niceville duo, duo of uh, Stove and Finley. I mean, you get you address two areas of need right off the bat with wide receiver and uh, safety. Yeah, two I highly mean, rated recruits. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that they're likely to end up here, but I think the fact that you're getting them to visit is a good thing. Right, right. Yeah, and at least this year you kind of have the feeling that it's not people actually coming just to take a South Florida vacation, that they're actually coming to see the program, see what the coaches are doing and what the facilities actually look like. I mean, so that's refreshing. Um, In regards to Snelson, I saw somewhere on some site uh, a tweet from Jack Allison. I know you don't like Twitter. Um, about show my uh, boy some love. Uh, Snelson might be committing to the U or something along that line. So did you see anything like that? Cause yeah, I saw it. I, I, I think that I think Snelson wants to be considered by Miami again, but I'm just not sure he is being that. I mean, I think they've, they've got better receivers that they feel they're recruiting. Well, how many receivers are they actually going to, if we're, if we're only going to take 25 people, that means we have 11 spots that we're, 
that we're recruiting for right now. How many more receivers do you think we're actually going to be taking? Two, three, four? I mean, it seems like a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if there were maybe five at the end of the day. Five total with Mullins and Bruce? Yeah, I mean, maybe I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I would. I think five would be fine. I mean, they need receivers. Is it, is it really that bad? I mean, I, I figured yeah. we at least had six already. You know, Barrios, uh, Malcolm Lewis, Langham. I mean, I guess yeah, Brady's you have gone. One, you don't have a number one receiver. Who's the who's the who's the alpha guy? You know, I mean, you're hoping Stacy Coley is next year. He's got one year left. I mean, who's right. the young guy? Who's the young guy that's going to be a superstar? There isn't, <laughs> you know, you can't make that kind of prediction for Lawrence Cager right now. So I mean, oh, they yeah, need. I even forgot Cager. about him. They need to replenish the receiver position. The receiver position is not in very good shape right now. Personally, I think a lot of people hate on Barrios, but I, I think that he was injured this year, and in the bowl game, you saw him starting to get back to a hundred percent. And if next year he comes back at a hundred percent, I think he could have a monster season. He's, him he's and a good player. Yeah, you got a good little slot receiver, you know. A kid that size is is limited. I mean, let's be honest. You know, it's yeah. I know you don't like them little guys, but I mean, there's been plenty of little guys that have torn up the the college ranks. I mean, it is still college football. It's not not pro football. Come on, he's not that kind of player. I mean, he's a good player. No, he's a Justin Winfrey from the uh, Clemson game or Barry Switzer. You know, I mean, whatever that kid's name is. A scholarship now under this new regime? I don't know that. But he, but but he's a great kid. He's a great kid to have in the locker room, and he's a good football player. Uh, if anybody's got the Miami attitude, it's that kid. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not I, much for his raps. <laughs> I agree. It's just when you're when you're a little receiver like that, you're you're limited. It's very hard to be a number one, you know, dude unless you're going to like Wake Forest and they have nobody else and they have no choice but to just feed you the ball and feed you the ball. But I mean, you know, are you going to throw the ball to Braxton Barrios over Stacy Coley next year? Probably not. You know, I mean, so no, we'll but see. he'd probably be my number two option. You know, right. in, in the slot, just feeding him through the slot all day, or, or Najoku, you know, on the other side, running through the middle. I, I, I think we're going to see a lot of that because if you look at Mark Rick's uh, offenses, mostly there's a lot of comeback routes. So uh, in the middle of the field, on the outside of the field. So I, th- I think we're going to see a lot of that with the, maybe some slants over the middle with uh, Barrios next year. Or, you know, if we actually get Bruce. The one that I'm really concerned about is uh, Deontay Mullins. I, I just I, – I really want – even before he had his catch in the Under Armour game, I just knew that kid was special. He's the one that I feel we have to get in in this class. Do you think with with Mark Richter actually, since we do have what seems like an administration that's more open to making this happen and investing in it and everything, do you think the um, – the admissions will open up a little bit more where the uh, Derek Griffin, A.J. Leggett type kids or whatever actually start getting into Miami, you know, one or two a, a cycle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no because I don't think admissions is an issue. I really don't. I mean, I don't think too, I don't think there's so many kids that have been rejected that that were able to get in somewhere else. You know, sometimes that's used as, as an excuse to lose guys. Oh, we couldn't. We, we, yeah, we, we, okay. we couldn't. Oh, we couldn't get you in. You know, I mean, I'm telling you, I don't. I don't think admissions is is that big of an issue here. Really? Nope, I really don't. Huh. That's interesting. All right. Um. Oh yeah, and the only other thing, do you do you maybe uh, see like somebody like Marcus uh, Gayat going back to safety? 
Don't know. Since he's kind of an undersized type kid, yeah. I always thought he would be a better safety than a linebacker, and especially yeah, so, with these three early enrollees. Yeah, don't know. I don't. I don't have the answer to that. And last question: uh, What was Gus Edwards' injury? I kept keep forgetting. What did he actually he break his collarbone or something? Um, no, no, no. It was, it was, um, I believe it was, it was an, I, I want to say an ankle. Um, I believe it was an ankle injury, um, pretty bad one. So we'll have to see how he, how he comes back. I mean, you know, he, he was still in a boot and everything late in the year. So, well, you know, I don't know. Well, I mean, it, it, to me, it's pretty important that he get back for spring practice, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, thank you so much. Are you going to have a show next week, Gary? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we will. Yeah, no, t- All right, awesome. Thank you so much, man. You got it. Thanks for being part of it. All right, guys, I'm going to take a minute here and say a few words about our sponsor this evening, everybody's favorite, Nuts.com. You've been reading about them on the message boards. Guys hearing me talk about Nuts.com every week on Kane Sport Live, and then they go online and they go on the website and they order a, a, a bunch of snacks for themselves and their family, and they get all excited because Nuts.com – has all sorts of great things um, that everyone in your household will enjoy using. And, um, man, it's pretty cold outside for a lot of you guys around the country. And I don't know who the heck would want to go to the grocery store for their snacks when they could be shipped right to your door by Nuts.com. Nuts.com, in my opinion, has the best-tasting nuts on the planet. It's, there's a simple and convenient way to have nutritious, delicious, healthy nuts and so many other tasty treats from around the world delivered straight to your door. And um, I know my family has been getting stuff from Nuts.com now since September when Nuts.com introduced themselves to me and to Canesport.com. And um, lots, of, lots of great, great things. If you like dried fruits and things like that, uh, they have a, a whole assortment of, of, of different like raspberries and blueberries and things like that. And you know, then, of course, you know, the selection of nuts and, and that type of snack food is second to none. So um, right now, new customers can get four free samples, choose from over 50 options, a $15 value. When you go to nuts.com, you click on the mic, and you enter the code CANES. Since 1929, this family-owned business has prided themselves on delivering the best in nuts and dried fruit that you'll find anywhere. They have only the freshest products from the best suppliers in the world. They have an easy-to-use site that lets you search for exactly what you're looking for. You can buy by the case or by the pound. They have certified organic, certified gluten-free, with or without salt, raw, sugar-free, and every item is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. And Nuts.com, like I said, is more than just nuts. They have over 3,000 healthy snacks, including dried fruits, sweet treats like chocolate-covered nuts, every flavor of gummy bear, monkey munch, which I know is a big favorite of a lot of guys out there. They have cooking and baked goods, almond flour, chia seeds, spices, grains, any powder that you want to throw in your smoothie to stay healthy. They have sugar and gluten-free items, the best selection, tons to choose from, and they really specialize in coffees and teas with over 39 different kinds of coffee and over 170 flavors. If you need a quick gift, they have tins, baskets, and buckets of nuts. So nutsnutsnuts.com, big, salty, sweet, whatever kind that you like to munch on. Let them take care of you and your taste buds. And right now, new customers from Kane Sport Live get four free samples from over 50 options, a $15 value 
when you go to nuts.com and you enter the code canes. That's nuts.com, enter the code canes for four free samples with your order. Nuts.com, we thank you for being a sponsor all season long of Cane Sport Live. And with that, let's continue on with the show and let's go to the 407 where you're live on Cane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. This is Ron from Orlando. What's up, Ron? Uh, not much, but uh, <clears throat> I got a quick question for you. Uh, Keyshawn Pye Young. <laughs> uh, from what I understand, from what I understand, the old regime uh, didn't want him to play receiver; they wanted him to play DB, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's the reason that he leaned towards Michigan. Is there any change at all in his recruitment? Well, we 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 think so. I mean, we we saw Keyshawn last weekend um, out at the Express tryouts. He was hanging out, and we talked to him for a little bit. And he seemed to suggest that he was getting receptive to listening to what Miami had to say and receptive to being recruited by the new staff. But in reality, I I, I think it's a little it, it's it's too little too late. And uh, I do think that he's pretty entrenched right now with Michigan. Um, I think we, we'll we have to wait and see if he visits Miami. This weekend, he's chosen to go to Louisville on, a, on an official visit. Um, to me, not the greatest sign in the world, but he does still have an open slot if he wants to put Miami in there. And, um, you know, I think we're in wait-and-see mode on Pi Young. Uh, very gifted young man, but his recruitment's been very much a mystery. But everything seems to be leaning to Michigan right now. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Uh, the other question I have for you is, uh, as far as uh, this new receiver coach Dugan, um, what do you what what do you you and the staff think about about that hire? I mean, compared to a Beard or or maybe I, uh, Lamar I, I Thomas. Was, I, I think it's a very know, good hire. I, I think it's a good hire. Um, I, I love KB. KB's a great kid. It's hard for KB to stack up against a guy like Ron Dugans. And, you know, the the first choice was Larry Scott. And it, it's hard for right. KB to match up against Larry Scott. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's been a coach for a long time. He was the associate head coach for the last couple months, did a great job. The kids responded to him. He had a place at the University of Miami if he wanted it. And it was going to be the receiver spot. So um, KB really was on the outside looking in from the beginning of this process, except for the fact that he was the kid that wouldn't leave the office and, and he wasn't going to leave until they took his key away. And, um, right. you know, so he kind of stayed in front of Mark Richt and kept getting interviews. He had three different interviews for the job, but at the end of the day, it's tough for him to match up against a, a coach like Dugans who has the track record that he has, who did such great things at Louisville, uh, when he was there, that was at South Florida doing a decent job. They were about to make him the offensive coordinator there when Mark Rick called. So um, it was just a tough spot for KB. I think Dugans is a good coach from what I've heard. He's a good recruiter. And also, even more so than any of those things, he's, from what I've heard, a, a very good human being. So hard to knock that higher in any way. How about this Latrell Williams kid that looks like uh, was one of Dugan's recruits to uh, South Florida, and it looks like uh, you know he's coming for a visit. What, what do you think about this kid? I think he's going to commit. I, I think he's going to be a Miami Hurricane, and uh, you know could could happen 
this weekend. The only thing that I would watch with him, if Florida State or Florida decide to get in late and recruit him, um, that could pollute the situation a little bit. But uh, right now, if I were to make a projection on him, it would be that he ends up at Miami. All right. Well, I appreciate it. That's all I have. If you can put me back on hold, thanks a lot. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go now to the 850. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? It's Omar. What's up, Omar? What you got for us? Not too much. I had um I read an interesting uh article on the uh screen trainer Gus uh Fielder that's coming. Uh-huh. Uh it was kind of sad though. Um his house ended up getting burnt down when he was uh working at Georgia or whatever from a um a fry uh a dryer that was overheated in his house or whatnot. His kids and everyone was safe to get out and everything. Um but a lot of his toy, his kids' toys and clothes were destroyed in the um, in the uh, fire, and they had to call the fire department to put the fire out. And he ended up staying with the other guy that's coming, uh, John Thompson, the other guy um, that's coming from Georgia. He ended up staying with him and his family for a little while until they figured that situation out. So I'm pretty sure that they bond is real tight. That's why they probably end up coming together instead of, you know, one coming and not the other. But I, I said I said that was a real sad situation or whatever. I'm pretty sure his family looked traumatized with that. But just a little something that I read about uh about them and so about their relationship and I'm so another thing, I'm it, it kinda um, got me wondering why is Gus uh being the head um the head uh trainer or whatever instead of the guy John who I mean have more experience, you ask me. But I, I heard that uh the dude uh Gus he kinda um he knows martial arts also. Mhm. You know anything about that? Absolutely nothing. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not yeah. yet. We haven't had a chance yeah. to talk to those guys or meet those guys, and uh, I still yeah. think there's a couple more hires coming in the yeah. weight room. Yeah. I, we'll see. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think the other guy they hired, he just was, you know, uh, basically uh, someone who can learn on. Uh, I forgot the other guy. It was three of them. Um, it was one more, the younger guy that I guess played for Georgia also. And with the run, Douglas hire. Man, to me, I love Beard. I love. I would love him to stay, but this is an upgrade. This guy actually, you know, he. I feel like he has. Well, he has more experience for one, and I feel like he he he's more technical sound maybe because I seen. I went and looked up some YouTube videos of him. You know, talking to his receivers or whatever, and. And did a watch some interviews. He seemed like a pretty intelligent guy. He you know how to you know talk and carry himself with the media pretty pretty much. And and I think that was a good good hire right there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big KB fan, but he just can't match up with these guys. I mean, you yeah, can't match up with a season coach that's going to be an offensive coordinator. Yeah. And this guy actually played us uh, played Miami. Well, he coached. Again, uh, Louisville when Miami played them and shit, they was blowing niggas out that year, man. It was, it was going, they was going in that year for real. Uh, Louisville was, and 
even though it seemed like we had better receivers, them boys showed up. They was completing catches, like, for real. But I don't have too much. Uh, I'm really listening in. That's all I want to say. I, I'm, I know most people probably ain't read that little article, though. But I think that was uh, that that said something about them or whatever. I'm pretty sure that they got a real strong bond with uh, Rich. That's why they're coming. The weight coaches, that is. All right, man. Hey, thank but, you for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. No problem. You too. All right, let's go to the 318 now. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? What's going on, Gary? Uh, this uh that Port City Kane again. Uh, just want to say hey to you, having a great show and things like that. Uh, just want to ask about that uh, guy that really intrigues me, is Burns from Plantation. I know it's a long shot, but is that guy really that good? I they were t- I was hearing Ray reviews about him at the uh, Army All-American game. Yeah, I think he's a pretty good player. Uh, you know, we haven't, because he wasn't in the picture at Miami, we haven't spent an enormous amount of time talking to him or, or, or studying him, but he's universally regarded as a very good player. And the guy that I think really is a good player is that Eubanks kid, um, who mm-hmm. has a, a, a real impact guy as, as an H back, or um, depending on how he grows, you know, tight end, you know, that that type of player. I I, I really like him. So um, there's no doubt that there's good players at Heritage. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out with Mike Clumps now on staff and whether here in a few weeks that ground can be made up for really a couple of years of, I don't know if sins is the right word or, you know, whatever word you want to put on it. But uh, Miami's been nowhere with, with guys' heritage, so we'll see what happens. Okay, and then about you, Banks, uh, I know that we uh, seem like, you know, we didn't get nada. Uh, and we're not going to get him. But with Eubanks, uh, do you think is it absolutely essential that it be a tight end in this uh, class that you really need to? Because you got to look down the road. Uh, you got Njoku could very well go to the NFL, and then you start losing. You don't really have any experienced well, guys who know the system. I don't think Njoku's going to the NFL in one year, maybe in a couple years. But, but you know, you're in pretty decent shape at the tight end position. Remember, you got Michael Irvin coming in also. Um, and I think there's a chance that Evan Hinson could get back in the picture. So, you know, you'll remember he was once committed. He decommitted. Um, he set up visits to USC and South Carolina. But I, I think that Evan Hinson could get back in the picture here in the next three weeks. Hey, what is, let me ask you, what's your evaluation of Michael Irvin, Jr.? Wow. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I think he's, good, he's a good player. Uh, I, I think he's going to struggle at Miami with the level of guys that they've got on the team right now and that they seem to be able to recruit. Uh, I'm not sure. If, he was, if his name wasn't Michael Irvin, I'm not sure it would be in his best interest to go to Miami. But I understand, you know, when you're when you're Michael Irvin's kid and, and what Michael Irvin meant to Miami football, he's like dreaming his whole life of playing Miami. So it makes sense. But from an ability level, I, I I think he might struggle a little bit based on quality of guys that they have there right now for the next few years and who they figure to be able to recruit. So, but we'll see. Okay, and, I, and my last question is. 
how big of a get would it be? Would this would would Rashawn Gary be the biggest get out of the whole class if he was no question eventually be? No question. No question because he's no he question. Could, because of what the position he plays. I mean, you're talking about an impact guy at, at defensive tackle, which is mm-hmm. so critical to being successful. Mm-hmm. Well, then, hey, look, I don't have nothing else. Uh, I don't have but nothing else tonight, this, but just keep I me on would, hold. Uh, I wouldn't go to Vegas on that one, though. I mean, you know, hopefully he visits. Um, I spoke to him in Orlando a couple of weeks ago. There was genuine interest. His mom was doing a lot of research on Miami. Um, can they make up the ground they need to make up in three weeks? You know, I don't know. We'll see. Hey, dear, but that'll be our Powerball winner, right? I'm going to let uh, you know, yeah. but that'll be our Powerball winner, right? Yeah, that would be your Powerball winner. No doubt about it. All right, hey, thank you. Thanks for being, okay. Thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. Let's go now to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on? What's happening? Who's this? It's Ross, Jersey. What's up, Ross? Talk to us. Hey, man, I see you talking about one of my Jersey guys. So you, you give me a hard time all the time. I call about Jersey, and I, I like hold that. it. That kid's but, a ball yeah. player. He's really good. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about one of ours now. Go ahead. But anyway, um, listen, um, my understanding is that um, Coach Red is going to be on um, a hand-home visit tomorrow with Sam Bruce, right? Correct? Correct. All right. Do you know? Um, do you know beforehand if he's if he's making who is he making that trip with? Is he taking um even though it's not the position, is, is he taking a guy like Rump or um obviously he's going to take his position coach with him, but is he taking a guy like Rump because he's a you know South Florida guy or we don't he's not we don't, we don't know he's not operating like that. I, I I think Dugans is a safe bet that he would be taking Dugans with him. Um, yeah, where Mike Rump sense. is going tomorrow and whether he's part of that. Excursion, you know, we don't know. I mean, they don't they don't give us their their recruiting. I mean, you'll find out because they'll probably start taking pictures Correct. afterwards. But I'll we'll find out. Me. Yeah, yeah, we'll find yeah. out. But but I'm just saying right now we don't we don't know who's going there. Okay, second one. Is I mean, on. I think I think you could pretty safely predict that Dugans is going with Coach Rick. Now, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I say yeah. The possession coach. I just wonder is he taking? Uh, sometimes these coaches like to make those type of visit with like four guys or two other yeah. guys that well, you know and, this kid and, might know and feel comfortable with. You know? yeah, and and you got to remember, you know, visiting San Bruce tomorrow means visiting St. Thomas Aquinas during the day, and exactly. uh, and uh, you know, obviously you're going to want to make a presence at St. Thomas. Aquinas. Yeah, we want to make some inroads. We'll make some yeah, inroads so I wouldn't be surprised so. if the whole dang staff went to St. Thomas Aquinas, but um, okay. you know, obviously they're going other places too, so that won't be the case. But yeah, I, I could see them showing up with three or four coaches, no question about it. Okay, I mean, I'm just curious, you know, because um. You know, that's a kid that's been, you know, a little bit inconsistent. And I think tomorrow he's trying to get, you know, you never get a, a real answer from somebody three, two weeks before signing day. But at least yeah, it's going to be interesting because, um, you know, he really hasn't been inconsistent. I mean, he committed to Miami. Here's the Barrett. thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Gary. And, and a lot of people are not looking past it. He will probably be the first kid, and you could correct me, and I want to ask you a couple other questions too. He will probably be the first kid out of St. Thomas Aquinas that made a commitment to Miami and backed off. And then they're, they're usually not in the business of doing that. They don't they usually don't allow their kids to make a commitment. Yeah, I mean he he hasn't he hasn't he, he committed early and he is he's he really hasn't wavered. I mean, there's been a lot of conversation and talk, but not by him. But am I am I correct? I mean, you tell me who who's the last kid out of that school who's made an early commitment to us and yeah. you know, get 
get there on National Signing Day where he's switching hats and all doing all that nonsense. I can't remember the last kid to do that. I mean, maybe you could help me out with that. Yeah, I don't I don't remember that happening in St. Thomas. Yeah, and they usually make a big deal of that. They don't like their kids to decommit and, and make a, a mockery of the thing. So I think you know, that's some that's another point you could you, you could look at, something that you could keep in mind that, you know, Let me tell you something. The, the kids that do that stuff, the kids that say they're going somewhere and then and then pull that not that nonsense on signing day or something, you can have those kids. Let me tell you something. Back to all the kids that did that to Miami on signing day and switched at the last minute and went to Florida State or something, how many of them really turned out to be players? Not many no, of them. Not a lot. Not a lot. Only one kid, I, I, you know, and I go back, and I, I'm telling you, um, um, you could correct me, I followed this kid purposely, not to want, not for him to get hurt, but for him not to have a good career. It was the running back a couple, you know, a couple of years ago, Smith or Jones, his last name was, where he was committed to us and um, – you know, really, uh, he was he ended up going to Florida State, and I really just I really disliked him for that. You know that he he played around with us, and and and, and, and he just decided to switch. And there was another a linebacker, and and that went. There. I think his, his last name was Northrop or something like that. You know, I didn't like that. Reggie, I didn't like Reggie Northrop. Yeah, he's been yeah, an he okay player, in our but, commitment he, but he didn't really play them really. I mean, you know, no, he did, that, that, he did it on he did it on Saturday, day, and, and, and at like that time Ryan. it was embarrassing. You know, Keith Bryant. He switched on signing day, though. Yeah, Remember, I mean, he did he ever? He day. never did a damn thing. Huh? Even even Matthew Thomas. I mean, yeah, was, but that you know that's when that's when Golden Star that's when it started becoming a joke, and that's when we really started to see that there was some stuff going on with the staff, and and we that's when we has, really started looking. My point is, he hasn't been a great player at Florida State. I mean, no, no, I'm, a hey, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. I mean, the, the linebacker is pretty good. The linebacker is pretty good to me, are the kids that will disappoint you every time. And I'll tell you what, I'll include Dalvin Cook in that. Because every time, that wasn't, all right, let me let me backtrack. Every time is too strong. <laughs> but there, there's a lot of very key moments where Dalvin Cook has left the football on the ground in Florida State games. Sometimes it's hurt them worse than others. But... You know he fumbles an awful lot in very critical situations. Yeah, and, I, I, would, I mean, you we're, know, we're, we're, to we're me, Michael two kids. There's a few kids that really did well. I mean, Cook, you could count these did well. The kid, um, you know, I'm not that great on on some last names. I think Whitfield from um, I think he was from the Orlando area. He he, he went to a, a so-called Miami looking school. The uniform looked like Miami. He committed to us, and he had the biggest run, the kick return in the championship game. And he was a Miami commit. Those are the type of things that hurted me. Those are the type of things I think as a fan base that really hurt us to watch those type of kids go to Florida State and some of these other yeah, I agree, but he's really not shot. a superstar there. I mean, you know, he's he's a he's a player. He's yeah, player. I was just you know, you you said you know, give me a couple of names and I gave yeah, you a couple. Yeah, my my, hey. my point is that most of the kids, but I'm talking about kids that like say they're going one place and then switch at the last minute. To me, those type of kids never end up being great players. Yeah, they, I agree. They, I mean, their yeah. character. Yeah, I agree. I just, that's you know, I just, you know, hope it. Though those are the days I think it's going to stop. I think those are the things that we're, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to get too many of those. I think um, it's going to be a little bit more of a um, respect factor. Got a couple more questions. Um, one is really like a statement, and it's a question now is, um, with these guys going out tomorrow on visits and um and going in home and all this stuff. Now at twelve o'clock tonight, it's official that they can do whatever they want. Can they make phone calls? Okay, they're going to make visits. 
but can they make phone calls to certain kids who they're not going to visit? He's going to visit Sam, but can he call, like, a guy that he's going to see later on in the day at 12 o'clock? Yeah, they've, they've been in phone contact with a lot of these kids all throughout. You're, you're, during the dead period, media, but, I mean, can they really take the yeah, phone up? Yeah, phone? during the dead period, nobody's allowed to visit anybody. Mm. There can't be any camp that. visits. There can't be any home visits. But they I know they're looking for phone calls at 12 o'clock. Can they make phone calls at 12 o'clock? Absolutely, yes. Okay, cause that could that could go a long way to a kid too. Um, also, um, you know, I'm, I'm really short tonight. Not a lot of them to talk about, but just just I'm just happy what's going on, the way we're, we're progressing with you know the guys that we brought in as far as coaches. And I'm gonna give you an example. I'm not, I don't know if you love him as a pro player, but as a college player for Florida State, he was he was a killer. And we shouldn't miss out on guys and athletes like Carlos Williams anymore. Guys who are in the Miami area that that should come to Miami, and guys like Callaway that went to Florida, and guys, we're watching the championship game the other night on Monday night, and we're watching four or five kids, literally, that could. We can't get everybody, but we're looking at three or four kids that should be in uniform in Miami. No, but you, had, you, had, you had Curse at one point. Mackenzie Alexander, you certainly should have gotten. Eddie Jackson, without question, you sh- you should have gotten. You know, Calvin Ridley, who's one of Alabama's best players as a true freshman, is from Brad- Broward County, Fort Lauderdale. I mean, you know, you, they got to stop letting all this talent leave town. Exactly, and you got the guy, you got the kid, the cornerback that's at Auburn, who for some reason I feel like if he would have came to Miami, we would have found a way not to put him on the field as far as and he he's the starting corner at Auburn. But for some reason, I feel like if he would have came to us, we'd have found a way how to to get him hurt or somehow it's a story that came up that he's not ready to be on the field. Yeah, I mean, the list, goes, a the list goes on. It goes on and on. I mean, there's a kid up at Ohio State, Damon Arnett from St. Thomas Aquinas, who, who D'Onofrio didn't even recruit, who they love up there. They think he's going to be a great defensive back. I mean, it, it goes on and on. Yeah, because – for some whatever reason they got into you know bad you know I used to always call you Gary and I tell you that the guy that you was like I know why why Golden was on you know the head coach you didn't want to say a lot and accept a lot or call from guys that tell you that I knew I got really good contacts in the Florida area and I knew these coaches didn't like these guys Gary they don't they didn't like them they despised them they didn't want them to come around and I used to call and tell you that and you'd be like well if you don't know that you can't be confirmed you're guessing. And I'm like, trust me, they do not like these guys. And I used to get this information coming back, and I'm like, yo, this is terrible. We cannot recruit in our backyard, and that's just that's unacceptable. And we've, we've heard a lot of relationships. I, I like a kid like Carlos Williams. We got to get – how do we get Mike James, who came, went to the same high school, but you don't get a Carlos Williams? Can't answer how, that. <laughs> how, how, how does that. How does that happen? Well, it happens, you know. I don't and then you're getting guys like I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm you know. It's I mean, like every I'm, kid I'm just, at a certain high school is not guaranteed to go to the same school. I mean, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but I'm just saying. But it was one of those situations where you got to get that athlete. You got to get that guy. He can't be talking about going to Florida State, Alabama. And that's the thing. We, you know, I think uh, the fan base will disagree with me. Those are the things. Those are the things that we're looking to change. And one, one last point. The most critical to me is that question has been brought up tonight. I've been, actually, I wrote that down, so I was going to ask you about it. And I'm glad people brought it up. The most critical position. We, 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 get, we grow guys in Florida. They follow turnip trees, the skilled position guys. We need big 
horse, heat, and guys on that line. We need athletic offensive linemen. I think we still should go get at least one more offensive lineman or a guy from the JUCO ranks that could come in and push everybody and might end up starting because we still need those two positions, the defensive line and the offensive line, I think is the most important for us to win nine or ten games next year. If we can't get that turned around, if that's if that's not a big difference, we don't we don't pull guys on the offensive line, Gary. When was the last time we you watch us run a play and athletic tackles and guard is pulling? And, oh and no, the, the athleticism was horrible up there this year. We we didn't run a we didn't run a, a what do you call a screen player a, a, a running back screen. Pretty much all year, we won these little bubble plays that was getting blown up. You know, we didn't we didn't throw our running backs as far as the screen. It's just it's terrible. And those are the things. Our defensive offensive line must change, and we got to get those on signing days, either a JUCO or a big time recruit. And that's all I got to say. Guys. All righty, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. Let's go back to the eight five zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Got to turn that background noise off. Um, give us a call back. Um, let's go to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You there? Come on, guys. Don't fall asleep on us. Let's go to the 347. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? This is Kwame. How are you? What's up, Kwame? How you doing this week? I cannot complain. I, I didn't catch the first opening part of the show, so forgive me if I ask repeated questions. But can you give me a breakdown of which defensive tackles are going to be visiting on which weekend? All right, let me see what I can give you at defensive tackle. Um, I'm just going to go down my list here. Um, you know they're trying to get Rashawn Gary to visit. Uh, he's got one more left, but is that a yeah, reality? Yeah, uh, it seemed like reality when I talked to him in Orlando a couple of weeks ago, and we've been communicating um, with he and his mom, and and it's still alive. They haven't made a decision yet, but it is it's still alive. They haven't decided not to visit, so that that's a work in progress. We'll see what happens. Obviously, that's not happening uh, this weekend. Um, another guy that's kind of on the fence about a visit. He's saying Miami's in his top ten. Uh, DeAndre Christmas Giles out of uh, New Orleans. Keep that an eye on him. But, yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, almost everybody from Louisiana does. But, you know, if you can get him to visit, you, you you never know. You know, you just never know. I mean, especially with Coach Cool here now, that that carries a lot of weight. Um, a guy that will visit next weekend, Marcel Southall from Duncanville, Texas. Uh, Mark Rick's going to home visit him on Sunday after the current recruiting weekend. He's going to get on a plane and go to Texas and, and, and visit Marcel. Um, a guy by the name of Glenn Logan, from also from Louisiana, he's going to visit the weekend of the 22nd. Um, so those are right now the defensive tackles that we know about. Uh, I would be surprised if another couple of them emerged here in the last few weeks, but that's what we know about right now. Well, <clears throat> uh, do we know how the staff is, is being split up as far as Who's going after which recruit? Uh, are they doing it by position group? I believe you know, they're doing it by position. I believe that that is how they're doing it. Okay. And and, and I, I guess another follow-up question would be, how well do these recruits know 
Kuligowski. Obviously, he's known in the coaching world, but how well is he known in the recruiting world? I, I, it probably varies. You know, some of them he's been rec- he's recruited, some he hasn't. Because I think about a guy like you know Bashan Gary, or uh, you know some of these guys out of uh, Louisiana. I mean, <clears throat> you know, one thing about good old good old Ed Orgerard, he coached at the D line, but I mean he's best known for his recruitment. And uh, while I I really like Kuligowski as a hire and what he's done on the field with with his defensive line, yeah, I, I don't he had recruited South Florida, one, and uh, I, I don't know how good he is at landing that big fish. Well, the deep, we, the big fish aren't in South Florida at that position, so we'll see. That's very true. That's, you know, we'll that's see. Very, very he's got to be able to go out and recruit on a national level at the defensive line spot. So get, let me get your as I close here and keep me on hold, Gary. Please, uh, what is your prediction for February third? You know, are we going to be sitting here, sort of like 2011 when Golden got here and going, "Hey, well, you know, at least we salvaged the class," or are, are we going to be pleasantly surprised? Do you think by a couple of uh, last-minute shuffles of the, of the of recruiting board? Uh, and I, I didn't hear. Who the hell is on the recruiting board now? Like some of these two-star guys, are they gone? Yeah, they're all being they're all being eliminated. Um, The only guy I I said earlier, I think Deion Jackson's going to come off the board that exists right now. But when you look at the commitment list, the only guy I have questions about, and that's largely because I saw how much he struggled up at the Under Armour game. That would be Patrick Bethel, um, but he's going to be in the class. He's already on campus. Um, all these other kids, and you know, we talked about Michael Irvin, you know, being Michael Irvin's son, and um, you know, I do think that he might be a little bit challenged at Miami. But all these other kids that are on the board right now, I, I think, are all pretty darn good players, and so I, I think you got a good foundation of you know those thirteen, fourteen guys right now. Um, right now, there's fourteen. That are up there, and if Jackson comes off 13, I think that's a pretty good starting point to to go out these next three weeks and fill in from there. Um, so I, I mean, I don't think that you're going to be throwing parades up and down Santa Mara Drive, but you know, I I think they'll get some decent players in this class, and then go to work hard for next year. Give me a recruit they gotta have to at least solidify the class for 2016 and a 2017 recruit we should be aware of. 2017 I'm not going to touch because it's a clean slate. They, we we can't even begin to tell you who they're going to be recruiting for 2017. Um, I don't even think they're looking at that right now. I think that right now all the focus is on 2016. But, you know, guys, you got to have, I mean – I think you got to go to the offensive line and defensive line positions. I think the uh, linebacker's been dealt with and is taken care of. And to me, those are the next spots where, where you need to really get an, an impact kind of guy in this class. So um, those big tackles on offense, Lucas Nyang and Jawan Williams, um, I think you got to try to land one of them. I also said keep an eye on Stuart Reese at offensive tackle. Um, and the defensive line, and you know, those tackles that we talked about a few minutes ago, I think you got to keep an eye on them. 
Um, from there, I think you you got to go to the DBs and the receivers. Uh, I, I think the program needs an influx of skill athletes, and they're out there in this class, and, and they're on the board, and, and a lot of them are visiting. So um, I think you just got to finish strong in all those spots. I hate to be so broad, but this is a team that needs a lot of help in a lot of places. We surely do, man. And I, I just hope that uh, the 2016 iteration of the Canes is a lot more aggressive and, and it has a lot more passion when they play because it just seemed like on the field and off the field, quite frankly, we were we were rudderless. So I can assure you time, that that will not be a problem whatsoever. Um, the issue is going to be if there's any issue at all, it's going to be are they being too aggressive and and carefree and giving up too many big plays? I don't think you got to worry about the other part of it. All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. Let's go out now to the uh, 757. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Going once, going twice. Come on, guys. Don't hit the number one unless you want to come on the show. Let's go to 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? How you doing, man? Doing good. Who's this? Hey, Gary, this is Zeke here in Atlanta, man. What's up, man? Talk to us. Hey, let me ask you, do you think uh, you seeing anything out on the um, on the JUCO route, anybody they're, they're looking at as far as the defensive line? We don't know of anybody right now. That doesn't mean there's not somebody there. We Right now, we don't know of that person. It, it, to, to, I, I get why you're asking. It makes sense. If you can go get a really good Juco tackle to bring him in right now, but we don't know that that beast exists. Okay, yeah, that's that's real important. I mean, at least at least get us through this year, get someone that's a beast, and you know, just to help us out until we get into the to the coming year. I think that would be a good idea if they could pull that off. <clears throat> yep. But uh, that's that's all I really wanted to ask you. I ain't got nothing else, man. All right. Well, thanks. Um, right. Thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again next time. All right, let's go back down to the three oh five. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this week? That's you. Go ahead. Oh, Who's okay, this? Okay, sorry, Adam. What's up, Adam? What you got for us? Uh, a couple questions. One, um, I think the uh, you were talking about Miami FSU recruits. I think he was referring to Antoine Smith out of Pahoke when they had that whole thing at, mm-hmm. on his signing day. And did he play in the NFL? I'm trying to remember if he played like a year or two. Um, I don't know. Keep 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 talking. I'll look it up because I, I, I don't remember. Uh, okay. Um, also, um, for D-Lineman, what do you know about this kid Watts up in Chicago? Are we still recruiting him for late tackle? Apparently he did well out in that a high school game out in California. Um, Watts. Something Watts. I can't. I honestly can't remember his first name, but I think we he's don't, from the Chicago area. We don't have him right now uh, on our board, so we, so that means we we do not know that he's being recruited by Miami. If something comes oh, okay. up here, um, we'll, we'll report on it. But right now, we don't believe he's being recruited by Miami. And to answer your question on Antoine Smith, right now, um, yeah. we. We believe he is a – let's see. Well, I'm trying to – I'm looking at 
some some different steps. Okay. I don't. Be- I don't think because I remember be- wasn't he like a one-time Miami commit and then switched at FSU on signing day or something? It was a whole big thing. And this was some might have been like five seven years ago. Yeah, he might be on the Chicago Bears roster right now. Um, I believe he uh, is. Okay. But but he's not playing very much. Uh, okay. Yeah, he um, landed. He, he was with the Falcons for a few years, and he landed. Um, he he landed on the Bears roster this year, but uh, okay. not not getting a lot of playing time. And also, what do you think of bringing John Rick on as a quarterbacks coach? He really, again, this is really. And I, I don't want to speak it's a bad coaching staff because everything I've heard, it looks like a good coaching here's, staff. Here's what I'll say. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a father, okay? And 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 if if I'm Mark Richt and I have a son that wants to be a football coach, I'm doing everything that I can humanly do to help my son become the best football coach that he could possibly be. And, you know... I don't care what anybody has to say about it. And, and, you know, right now at this stage of the young man's development and their, their family and situation, Mark Rick felt it was extremely important to him and to his family that he brought John on the staff and, and worked with him and continued to develop him. And, and he's going to be working right under his dad. Um, I don't think there's any secret for me to say that Mark Richt will probably be the real quarterback coach. I mean, I don't think that Mark Richt is just taking a talent like Brad Kaya and putting him in the hands of his inexperienced son and saying, you know, here, you're responsible for Brad and, and, and grooming him and the other quarterbacks. I think they're going to work together. I think he's teaching his son how to be a good football coach. And because of that, and because of the fact that I'm a parent and I understand it, and there's nothing more important than your kids and your family, then I think that trumps everything. And um, I don't, I don't think that it will be an issue in any which way, shape, or form. Okay, um, a couple more questions. One, what do you know about this coach Banda? Apparently, Manny Diaz obviously speaks highly of them because they coach together at Texas and Mississippi State. But what have you heard about him? He's a he's a he's a up and coming young coach who was a GA under Manny and worked very closely with the with with Manny Diaz at Mississippi State. Um, the players from Mississippi State that we spoke to speak highly of him. Um, I think it was a surprising hire. I mean, I I think with uh, what's considered an open ended checkbook that you might have expected Mark Rick to maybe go for a more experienced seasoned guy, but this guy might be a really good coach. I mean, I, the, the, the guys that worked with him at Mississippi State certainly speak very highly of him. Um, he's shown, from what I've seen so far, a lot of passion for recruiting. Um, he's on Twitter a lot and things like that. So we'll see. You know, but there's, I don't think we, there's any reason to criticize it. I mean, he was handpicked by the defensive coordinator. Uh, okay. The only reason I asked is I was actually looking online today and. I don't know if you know this, the Bills just hired Ed Reed as their secondary coach, their assistant secondary coach. So that's why it was interesting. Yeah, but you know what? To to bring Ed Reed right now as, as the safety coach, and you know you're already bringing Mike Mike Rumpf in, and and you don't know that Ed Reed applied to Mark Rick number one, and and to bring in a guy that's never. Well, I guess Bandit doesn't have a lot of experience either, so your point, I guess, yeah. you know, if you really want to look at it, could be legitimate. But 
I don't know that Ed Reed wants to go recruit and do all those things that a college coach has to do. Okay. Because he might be in my, a better my place. shot was like Passe, like Mike Rum. Like, they both played in the league, so that's going to bring some yeah. Passe when they walk into the recruit. Yeah, I started, to, I, I started to say, you know, two inexperienced guys, but that's really what they have. So um, that's why yeah. I, I stopped. I mean, I, <laughs> Is it surprising? Yeah. If you had told me that you would have two inexperienced secondary coaches when Mark Rick started putting together a staff, I would say I don't think so. But, you know, that this is the way they chose to go. And I don't think that we can criticize it because I don't think anybody knows. Like, who knows how good of a coach these guys are going to be? Okay. And the last thing, speaking of secondary, do you think there's a chance that we can get James Pierre back on board? Uh, yeah, I know he's I, 50-50 between us and UNC. Yeah, I think there's but a great chance. that's what he said. Yeah, I, I think there's a great chance. I, I, I think he decommitted. He wasn't comfortable with Paul Williams and the uh, and and the staff at the time. Um, I think he really wanted to be a Miami Hurricane. He's going to visit this weekend. I think there's a great chance he gets back in the fold. Doesn't he have a high school teammate that he's coming with? I mean, uh, yeah, I know there's yeah. a Niceville duo, but there's yeah, he's Robinson. Bringing, he's coming with Aaron Robinson, uh, yeah, who's committed to Florida. Another really high, highly regarded defensive back, and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see if they can flip him. Okay. And if they can get both thing. of them, I think they'll take both. Okay, and last thing. Do you see any chance of – I know Romeo Finley is probably um better percentage at this point from Niceville, but do you see – any chance of us also flipping Eli Stowe from Auburn? I mean, I think it's going to be tough. I think, I, I, I think there's a chance. To... I think there's a chance. Okay, I, I I spoke to Eli when I was up in Orlando at the Under Armour game, and we had a nice little chat. And uh, you know, he was telling me, you know, he grew up wanting to be a Miami Hurricane, and Miami was his team when he was younger, and um, that's why he's interested in, in coming down and checking it out. Uh, right now, he's very entrenched with Auburn, and it's going to be really tough. You know, a few days before signing day to flip them. But I, if you, when it, traditionally, if you can get kids to visit Miami, Miami traditionally, when it's had a good coaching staff, has had a pretty decent chance. So we'll see. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for taking my call, um, and have a great rest of the show. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the five zero one. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening? Hey, what's up, Gary? This is Alex up in Arkansas, man. What's up, Alex? Hey, I wanted to hit you up, man. I had a couple of things I wanted to ask you. Um, I hate to hate to bring this up because it kind of stirs up our our board and all the Kane fans, but I don't I don't really like Alabama, man. But I have to respect the job that those guys do, and I mean they're pretty much the gold standard right now. Um, oh. Absolutely. I mean, in, in every way, shape, and form, you know, from from their strength program to their facilities to their coaching staff to the way they prepare for games to the adjustments that they make during games. I, I, I mean, they're, they're setting the, the standard for the entire college football nation. And you know, I thought Clemson did a heck of a job the other night going toe to toe with them. And had they yeah. had Nick Saban not had that kickoff play in his back pocket and had that kicker not executed it so impeccably, I think Clemson might have won that game. Yeah, they did give Alabama all they wanted. Yeah, but, so they're not um, unbeatable. Okay, they're not unbeatable. No, 
And, and Ole no, Miss beat them during the year. But I'll tell you what, they run a pretty darn good program, and good luck trying to beat them more than once in a season. Absolutely. Well, this, this is what I wanted to bring up because I said I, I know it stirs up a lot of different controversy with the Canes fans. But I um, I know if I bring up Mario, what will happen is people will say, well, hey, number 75 got his head handed to him by uh, the guy. That kid was hurt. That kid was playing hurt. But now, before he, I go, he, he, before he, I got go he, he had a horrible game, but that oh, kid yeah, was injured. Yeah. You know, he but before I go into that, you know, and people start dogging that, what I did want to say is I noticed that when, when they're on TV, they're always talking about how they have, like, all these people who are in the support staff role. And my question is I've been listening all night, and I hear people, and justifiably so, that people have questioned the inexperience of some of the people that we have coming in on our staff you know, especially the safeties coach. Um, you know, I can kind of go with the hiring your son, but on the safeties coach, you know, and some of the stuff like that, even the strength and conditioning, I I want to be a, a Mark fan, and I respect what he did at Georgia, but they never could beat Alabama. So what, what I'm asking is if you have an opportunity to even get anybody that has any working knowledge of what they're doing at Alabama, my thought process is if you're a head coach and you put me in the staff, I'm going to try to get some people. You know, I know Kirby Smart was going to be offered that job, and then, you know, he was going to take some people too. But, man, you got to try to get those guys know what they're doing. You're making some great great points. And that's why – you know, people give me a hard time, but that's why I've been such a big proponent of getting Mario Cristobal back in this program because he now has the foundation of what goes on at Alabama that he can bring with him anywhere he goes. And um, that's the blueprint, okay? And it's the best one in the country. Well, let me ask you just for that first one, Gary. How is it that they can have, like, 50 people that help with the support staff and nobody else even thinks enough to try that? It's not that. It's you got to be willing to pay all those guys, you know. And not everybody you know, has. Unlimited, and I understand. Not everybody understand, has unlimited but, budgets. But I'll, I'll I'll say this: when Jimbo Fisher took over Florida State, the first thing he did was he doubled his support staff, and he made them make a commitment. And they had twice as many people working in the weight room, and they had nutritionists and psychologists. They created all sorts of layers of support staff to support that program. And ever since he did that, Florida State has not turned back. And, yeah, they lucked out, and they got Jameis Winston, who turned out to be a freakish-type player and and all that. But um, Florida State's one of the best programs in the country right now, and a lot of it is because of that support staff. And I think you're making a great point because that's another big reason why Alabama's so good. Well, that's because I I was just, you know, because all week, ESPN has focused on Clemson and they focused on Alabama all week long, hyping and showing the behind the scenes and all the inner workings of most of it. My question is, is that, you know, if you're putting together a staff, why not get some of those guys if you can? Because he, he probably couldn't. And he probably so couldn't get him. Why did they leave there? The strength coach of Bama's making, I think, 500 grand? Well, I'm not. I'm not saying necessarily the head strength strength coach guy, but what I, what I did hear you say earlier is that 
you think maybe Blake James is just under no circumstances interested in bringing Mario back? I don't think he is. You know, I, I mean, for whatever reason, I you know, I I, I just I think that. They're, I, you know, I don't know if they're a little scared of him or, you know, or what. Now, you know, it would have been a leap of faith for Mark Rick to go in that direction. Let's be honest. But uh, I don't know. I mean, to me, the guy has a lot to offer. But I don't think you're do you can see think, him at you soon. Do you think if Mark had wanted him, could he have pulled that off? If he wanted him, and they could have worked out the deal. Yes, I do. Regardless of what Blake James I do. I mean, listen, as as great as as he's doing at Alabama, and he is doing great, and they just won the national title, I don't think there's a place in the country that Mario Cristobal would rather be than the University of Miami. Okay. Now, obviously, he wants to be the the head coach, obviously. But if that that weren't in the cards and he had to be an assistant head coach for a while, I don't don't think that that would be insurmountable. Well, I'm like right now. I was just curious about it because I I noticed that they have have always they always talk about that support staff and all those guys. And I, I, since we're opening up the checkbook now, we're upgrading our complete athletic you know football athletic staff. That's why I was wondering why aren't we taking some of the blueprint from that? Because you know I just just wanted to know, man. Just wanted to know. So I know it kind of stirs up a lot of stuff because, you know, when you start bringing up Mario and all that, everybody starts getting all upset and twisted all around. But you can't, you can't he's knock, a polarizing you can't knock the proof. He? <laughs> you, the proof is in the pudding, you know. That's what I think it is. Yeah. So I just wanted to – I was curious about that because I was just wondering, you know, when you have a situation and you bring in – a grad assistant to be your your safety coach. Nothing against him; he may do a great job. But if I got a chance, if I'm gonna get a grad assistant, man, I'm gonna go to Alabama and get somebody who who knows what you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I just well, let's see, just let's see how he does. Let's uh, we'll, we'll we'll continue this subject in in about uh, ten months. We'll see how he does. <laughs> okay, I know um, up here in Arkansas when uh, Bielema was looking for his. Uh, Offensive line coach, one of the guys that they had brought up was uh, our offensive line coach that we just hired for um, from Virginia Tech. So I know yep. he was on their list as well. So I guess if, if um, they thought highly of him and several people did, he must be a pretty good hire. Yep. Well, hopefully. Okay. Well, All right, man. I, uh, oh, one more thing. One more thing before you put me on hold. Why do you think Larry Scott, because I didn't get the details on that last show because I got on late. Why did Larry Scott turn that down? Did he opt I think out he, didn't feel comfortable. he didn't feel comfortable being the last guy standing. You know, okay. I mean, everybody he worked with for the last four or five years got fired, and he was the only guy okay. left. And, and I just think that at the end of the day, he just didn't feel comfortable with the whole thing and decided it would be better for him to just go to another school and – start with a clean slate and you know it's tough when you've been the head coach for two months and now you're going to come down and go be you know the the receivers coach and I don't think you wanted right. to be the receiver you wanted to be the receivers coach either so you put it all together and he, I think he felt it was better for him to just go to Tennessee okay all well, right tell me about tell me about uh James then because he was willing to go to Georgia to take the tight ends coach job why didn't they offer that to him for the receivers job 
are you talking about? Because he's a heck of a recruiter. Who? Uh, James Coley. Oh, well, I don't think Mark Rick ever considered keeping James Coley. And, you know, I, I think uh, I, he hasn't said this, but when you're a coach coming in and, and you want to work with the quarterbacks, which Mark Rick does, you want to build your own bond with Brad Kaya. And you want to put your own imprint on Brad Kaya. And it would have been almost impossible to do that with James Coley sitting there as the quarterback's coach. Plus, he wanted to make his son the quarterback's coach. So in no way, shape, or form did any of that fit. Uh, I don't think James Coley was going to go from being the offensive coordinator to being the receiver's coach here at Miami or something along those lines. I think it would have taken um, you know, something much more serious than that to keep him. So at the at the end of the day, he didn't have the option of staying at Miami, and that's why he went to Georgia. Okay. Well, I appreciate right, it, Gary. Leave thanks for home, being part man. of the show, man. Yep, give us a call again next week. Let's go to the 870. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello, Gary. This is Liam from Arkansas. What's up, man? What you got? Uh, a couple things. Um, Gary, I know you were saying in this class that we really need some uh, D-tackles, um, defensive linemen. And I remember um, with Randy Shannon, and we were talking about how we need Marcus Forston. How did Marcus Forston turn out? Not great. And, but, you know, remember it, it's funny because I remember, I remember when they were recruiting Marcus Forston, and there was – the opinions weren't as universal as you might have thought. I mean, there were some people, and there was a lot of word coming out of Northwestern in particular, that Marcus Forston was a little lazy and didn't work real hard and didn't train as hard as, as he might need to at the next level. And there were a lot of people that predicted to me privately that Marcus Forston would bust out at Miami. Um, I wouldn't say he busted out, but I don't think he ever really fulfilled the potential that a lot of people thought that he had, and um, you know, it hasn't been great since then. From what, from you know, right? And but if you look at a whole, as far as our defensive line recruiting, even I even go back far as Shannon. If you look as a whole, and then you go look at Missouri's recruiting, we've out recruited them by leaps and bounds on defensive line. If you go look at the, if you go look at the ratings, we have out recruited a number of schools. A number. In the ACC, other than Florida State, we have out-recruited pretty much everybody in the ACC. I say cleanse in the last couple of years. But as a whole, in the last decade, we have been number two in recruiting pretty much almost every year in recruiting. So it's not the player. People saying, oh, we need an offensive lineman. We need to get some linemen. No, we just need a different coach. Because Kehoe had the, the year where Duke Johnson was there, we was, you know, I mean, they're getting an eye-tight formation with 10 men in the box, and they were still able to run the ball. So it was a better year of coaching from Kehoe. You get different coaches in there, then you would start seeing different results. Can no one tell me, like Tracy Howard, when we were talking about how Golden didn't really finish and never got that marquee recruit. Well, actually, that year when he got Tracy Howard, that was the recruit we usually didn't get, that five-star D-back. And we got him, and he never developed. And a lot of that is coaching. Because I'm going to tell you, I've watched Florida uh, defensive backs. If Tracy Howard at Florida is a defensive back, Tracy Howard would have been a different player. Because every mm-hmm. defensive back they've had, um, you go to Brian Poole, you go to Hargraves, you go to Marcus Robertson. I mean, you could go on and listen, and listen, and listen about their, the D-backs that they have really produced on the collegiate level. 
they have all been pretty good. So I think it's more so to do, not necessarily recruit. It's a guy that went to Purdue. I forgot his name. Um, went to Purdue. He's a safety for the Falcons, Ricardo Allen. Ricardo Allen. I mean, you could get three stars. Antonio Brown, I, I check NFL players. I look and see where they're from. Pierre Garçon is from Florida. I don't know if it's from. I think it's somewhere in, in the South Florida region. Now, I'm from Arkansas, so don't hold it against me. Antonio Brown, look where he was from. He's actually from around Miami. What college did he go to? People keep getting so like, oh, he's not Miami material. And to me, if you ask me, if you got a player that's athletic from Miami and you get the right coaches, you can get an NFL player. Period. You can get an NFL player. You can get in a if you go around. And I know you don't have this time. You don't, you're not afforded this time, Gary. Unfortunately, but if you could go around the NFL. And these players that just pop up, John Brown from the Arizona Cardinals. I didn't know he was from Miami. That big, the the small receiver with that that uh, had a thousand yards for Arizona. He's from Miami. He went to a Division three school. But I bet we were probably thinking, oh, he's not Miami material. Mm-hmm. So my point, my point is, is that the coaching is what's going to make make us a breakers. North Carolina as a whole didn't have a better. Uh, better recruits as we did on our team. They just had better coaching and a system that fit. Um, you guys may be familiar because he plays for Miami Dolphins. Charles Clay is from Arkansas, from a little small town. And he really wasn't a big-time recruit from Arkansas. Arkansas didn't even recruit him. He didn't even offer him. He went to Tulsa, and he went to a system, actually a Gus Malzahn-type system, that fit his skill set and was actually able to develop and he was he has become a big time player in the NFL. So it's not necessarily if this player is this caliber, that caliber. If you get a player that fits your system and you could coach him up, you can get him to you could get him to where you want to be. Now we need depth at the defensive line. But I think if you get like the coach we have right now, I think Gerald Willis can be a monster. Th- think about it. Gerald Willis, Matthew Thomas, you got um Joseph Jackson also on there. You got um, I forgot what it was a guy that's red shirted. I don't know if it was was it a Chiquillo, another was it a younger Chiquillo? I don't know. It was a, a Pachan. Pachan. You got him red shirted. You got a number of players that have been highly recruited at that position. Whereas if you go to some of these other teams that are winning, like Missouri, I mean, what was Shane Ray? What was Michael Sam? Those guys were big time guys. They had the right coaching. They had the right coaching. So if you have the look at Michigan, the just the difference in one year with coaching. You know, it doesn't always have to have. You, you don't always have to have the biggest and best players. All about the coaching. And one thing I do disagree. We always talk about Charlie Strong and how um, he doesn't have the talent when he got there. Go look at it. when he first got on campus. You go look at that. You look up his player. And you go look and see what type of recruit he was. He had more All-Americans on his team than any team in the Big 12, period. Period. In high school, he had the most All-Americans on his team. So people always look at the end result on the field and say, oh, he really didn't have a talent. No, you're not developing the talent. And I think those are points that we have to make as far as Miami on the talent end. 
because all those guys that we do have is need his development. Because if he went to another school, if these guys go to another school and ball out, we'll be saying, oh, man, we should have got this guy. We didn't get this guy. And so that's where I see the biggest the biggest difference, especially on the defensive line. I mean, we wasted um, Shaquille's years, wasted, wasted his years, uh, and along with other players. There's a lot of wasted years. So I think um, the coaching is a big standpoint. And then I'm, I'm going to ask this one last thing. What, as far as on the uh, wide receivers, is one guy you mentioned that said that the, they're not high on him? Uh, Snelson. Snelson. Snelson, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we don't think they are because um, we see the, the the board's growing by leaps and bounds. So it okay. doesn't so seem like they are. So it's just new players that just leaping him. Okay. Yeah, I mean yeah. – in fact, while you know, while in the last few minutes, while we're sitting here doing the show, I've been communicating on Twitter with a, a kid out of New Jersey who has just jumped onto the board that's being that's been offered by Miami and being recruited. I'm I'm watching his his film right now as we're sitting here talking, and uh, a very impressive looking kid. So I mean, I'm telling you, they are going after receivers, and and they are finding them all over the place. Yeah, and, and and that's what I, I do like about this. You have to be impressed, Gary, with this staff. With when Rick came on, the how late he kind of came on, and then with this long dead period, it seemed like this was the longest dead period. But it was a long dead period, so he really couldn't do as much. And you don't have that long to sign a day. I personally, you know, and I know we're not going to get a bunch of these kids, but I've been impressed with how quickly the board has grew. It's almost like a whole new board. I yeah. mean, it's almost well, like a I, whole I mean, I told you last week was going to happen. I mean, they sat down. <laughs> they they sat down in the offices, and every kid was open for reevaluation. And it didn't matter who had been recruited before. And, and they, they, I mean, they, they started from scratch, and, you know, it's it's a whole new deal right now, and every like I said, every, not just every hour. I mean, it's like we're constantly finding new kids that are yes. being recruited. And I'm telling you, I'm looking at this I, receiver kid, Kelvin Harmon, out of uh, New Jersey right now. He's up on my screen, and uh, a kid that came on today that that we found out about, and his film's pretty impressive. You know, he's a big, tall, lanky receiver, and makes plays all over the field. So the board's going to keep growing. They're trying to upgrade what they're going after, and uh, I said five. Maybe they're looking to take more than five receivers. It seems like they got a lot of kids they're looking at, so we'll see. Yeah, that would be Anyway, uh, let me try to let one or two other people get on here, and um, why don't you give us a call again next week? Okay. All right. No problem, Gary. Thank you. All right, man. All right, we're going to go a little overtime right now and try to let a couple more guys get on. Let's go to 917. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's, what's up? up? You can't what's up, man? What you got for us? Uh, real quick, um, I'm going to let everybody get chance to get on. Uh, first off, happy holidays. I haven't seen – I haven't spoke to you since then, so happy holidays, number one. Number Thank two you. is um, – yeah, no problem. Um, uh, number two is considering, like, the schedule we're looking at next year, right, what do you think would be an acceptable win-loss record? Oh, I mean, I like you know, I'd be surprised if they don't win nine games next year. You know, I don't think I, I you know, I think it, I, th- I I think it's going to be hard for this program to get past nine or ten, but you got to get there first. So, um, I would probably fall in the line of about nine next year. 
nine. Even, um, yeah, I think they have enough talent. I think they have enough talent with better with better coaching to win nine games next year. Yes. All right. And you think you get a signature win next year? Oh, I don't know. We'll then see. we have Florida State, Clemson, and Notre Dame. And, Clemson, and Notre Dame, no, or am I wrong? You don't have Clemson next year. You have Florida okay, State. Have you have Florida Notre State and, Notre and you have Notre Dame. You got to hope you could split those games. Because if we can't split one those games, uh, it's going to be pretty tough getting a ten. Well, no, you could lose both. To, you, could lose both you could lose to them and and get ten. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. All right, um, yeah, that's true. All right, well, listen, I was listening to some of the other callers, and people were talking about, uh, you know, Alabama and how they're set up, you know, how it's just, you know, from top to bottom, they they have a system and the system that works. But that entire system revolves around money. Like, there's quite a few schools now that could probably shell out the kind of money that Alabama's shelling out. And, and Oregon's one of them. They got all that Nike money. And... That's really the only other school I could think of, uh, you know, that's willing to shell out that kind. Of, I mean, who's going to pay six hundred fifty thousand dollars a year to a strength and conditioning coach? Not many schools. And the program and the strength and conditioning program probably runs them up to two million dollars a year. Once you consider everything that goes along with it, nutritionists, dietitians, uh, you know, whatever comes uh, uh, assistant. That, they're north of, you know, they're probably around $2 million a year for that. You know, so it's good in theory to get coaches from Alabama. That's great. But who's going to pay them? Who's going who's gonna to set up that kind of system? Oregon will probably do it. They got the money to do it. But other than that, I'm not sure how much money Maryland has because they got that Under Armour money. But, <laughs> it, you know, it's all good in theory, but it, it's just not going to work. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. That's why you don't see it happening. Yeah, it's not going to work. Like, all these coaches that left Alabama, you know, I mean, they kept the core. Uh, you know, they're replacing a defensive coordinator. They, you know, they kept Kiffin. They kept Cristobal. I think at this point, you know, being, being who Nick Saban is, he can replace whoever he wants at, at, at defensive coordinator, and it's still going to be pretty good. Because it's the whole – you know, you have to have the whole kit and caboodle to compete the way – Alabama competes every year. You know, like Ohio State, they're doing it with just pure talent of their coaching staff. They don't have Alabama. I don't think any school has Alabama money. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. You know, I don't think any school has not, Alabama I mean, money. You know, a lot of schools have it. They're just not willing to spend it like that. Right. They're not going to spend that. They're not, they're not going to spend that kind of money. It's a, you know, you know, it's a, you know, like high reward, you know, I mean, shit, that's a lot of freaking money. You know, Nick Saban's around $7 million, am I correct? Uh, per year. I think more than that, even. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go, you know. And they already need $7 million coaches other than Nick Saban. So, you know, I mean, that's what keeps the playing field the way it is with Alabama constantly being on top. But... You know, we just have to hope that the SEC keeps cannibalizing itself. So every once in a while, you won't see Alabama in a national championship. And give a team like Clemson, Florida State, and maybe even us in a couple of years a chance to win it. But at this rate, oh, holy smokes. Like, you know, like they're a machine, you know? Yep. All right, let me let a, yeah. let me let a couple more guys get on here. Um, All right, guys. Thanks for having me. 
got it, man. Thanks, as always, for being part of the show. Let's go back down to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's happening, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Jcat2410. What's up, Jcat? What you got? Oh, my God. Tired tonight. <laughs> um, well, you know, so if you're saying that we are going to get up to 25 recruits this season and we've I'm, only got I'm, 30. I'm saying it looks to me like that's what they're targeting. So, they've got, right, they've so got do, 11, 11, 12 spots left. Seeing a lot of kids being recruited. Right, we've got 14 on board, minus Deion Jackson, who, by the way, I don't know if you – well, I'm sure you caught this, but the other day he stated he was an introvert. So he should come off the board automatically because that is not an alpha male personality right there. If you're an introvert, you're not an alpha male. He needs to come off the board. I, I think what he is is a kid, a kid who doesn't have a lot of guidance right now, and I feel bad for him. You know, I don't know if he you – know, I don't know him. I don't know – what his character's like, you know, or, or, you know, but I mean, he's a kid that seems to be sort of drifting right now without a lot of direction. Yeah. I mean, you know, unfortunately, maybe he's got some, some family situations at the house that maybe is preventing him from, from doing what he's got to do. Um, so, you know, question I've got in regards to Rick, obviously he's got ties to Florida state. Um, I think it's safe to say not only does he have ties to Florida state, but he probably has connections, uh, to Florida state. Um, that would be accurate, correct? No doubt. He was there. So he was the offense coordinator there. I think ten years. So, um, so being a team that we loathe as Hurricane fans and would love to see their demise on every single day of the year, um, my question is, um, you know, if we ever had a, a chance where we had our foot on their throats, is he the type of coach that would? actually press down on that throat and kind of oh, really stick it to him as far as the score? Or, or, or I don't know. Is that uh, – my Knowing the type of human being he is, I would say no. He's not going to look to embarrass anybody. I'm not saying embarrass, Gary, but I'm saying, you know, a situation I mean, where – he, He's – from what – I don't know if you've been reading the stories we've been we've had on the site – from uh, talking to people in Athens about Mark Rick, but the thing that they that all the people that know him real well say is that he's a competitor, uh, way more so than what you would suspect just watching his demeanor. And I think you know he wants to beat people probably as badly as he can. But when it gets down to the middle of the fourth quarter, if he's got a big lead, is he going to run up the score? Uh, I just don't think he's that kind of guy. Well, I, I'm a, I don't, you know, as as a Hurricane fan, I don't need my coach to run up the score on every team. I'm just saying, if <laughs> well, we have Florida, if we, if we have Florida State by the throat on certain to, occasions, but let's put it this way: if that's the biggest problem that you have with Mark Rick, I think I think you'll be all right. I, I, okay, that, that's fine. You, you it, understand it, what yeah, I'm trying to ask, though. Would he be willing? He's not running up the score bad enough. You know, let's let's address that issue then. I don't would he be willing to go? Okay, as Canes fans. And as him being a cane, would he be willing to go down that road for us because we hate them so much? Would he be would would he be that <laughs> coach willing to put his throat his foot da- his foot down on the throat a little bit? Okay. Be be ahead be ahead of Florida State by thirty points in the fourth quarter sometime in your lifetime and worry about worry about it then seriously. What else? I, I get it, but but uh, yeah, yeah, listen no, to me. You know, I don't. Yeah, they've they've gotten over us. They've gotten over on us in the last years. What else you got? my god um you know one point i want to make in regards to florida state in our game this year is if you remember a couple of years ago wait, wait, uh, Stephen I, Ross. Bro, seriously i got to i got to let you go right now cuz you you're getting on i mean florida state that's 10 months down the road i got people that want to talk about stuff going on right now so give us a call back next week let's go to the 706 you're live on Kane sport live 
Man, Gary, what's going on? This is Sebastian, man. I'm glad you got me on. You got the show running a little bit late. I got some stuff I got to tell you, brother. I'm trying to Appreciate get you it. on. He wants to talk about Mark <laughs> scoring the Florida State game. I'm sure he's clowning around. He's looking for no. everybody. To, everybody. He's looking for everybody to go crazy on the message boards right now. Woo! No, anyway. no, I'm not trying to do that. But I got a couple no, questions. Just from... Go ahead. <laughs> okay, yeah. I got a couple of questions just from a recruiting standpoint. You said we recruited a lot of offensive linemen last year. I I don't know how they've developed into the program, but I do think we need to pick up a couple of kids. I think a big pull would be that uh, Lucas Nyan from uh, Connecticut. Big frame, you know, he could probably stand to redshirt, but at least you've got another horse that's in there because, you know, football games are won in the line of scrimmage. They need tackles. Ty, um, Tyree St. Louis and uh, Bar Milo might develop. They might not. <laughs> you know, they need tackles. They need to get Trevor Darling out of left tackle and get him back inside the guard. Uh, I think he'll be a much stronger guard. He'll be a much better guard than he is a tackle. So, you know, they need they need, they need need dudes, man. They need guys that can play right away. They need big dudes. The other thing I wanted to comment on is, you know, I mean, I'm going to leave Sam Bruce alone. I mean, he's committed. I mean – from end to end, you know, he hasn't been playing the commit, decommit game. Um, you know, I think I, I don't think he's going to be the rock star of the class, but, you know, he could end up being like, you know, McKenzie from Georgia, you know, being a good, solid player that's inside the locker room. And one of the things I think is underestimated uh, that people are not talking about is I think Mark Rick is a big character guy. And some of the kids he may be looking at has to fit what he's all about. And so mm-hmm. where somebody may excel on a talent front, they may not have it quite on the character front. And do you need people inside your program that's going to be that type of way? You know, he cut Tyree Brady loose just trying to send a message. Yeah. You know, what do you think about that? I think this guy is going to be a big character guy. I really do. I don't think he wants any I part of the kids that are failing drug tests every two weeks and everything. I mean, I think he wants to run a program with good human beings in it that are doing the right things every single day. I don't think he's looking to be a babysitter. I think he's a real babysitter. And I called on the show before. I know a player that – I know a family whose sons plays for the University of Georgia, real five-star athlete, done real well. And, and I told you, when Mark Rick came there, he's all about business. You know, he's all about, you know, making sure you do the right thing and running a good program and then kind of taking it from there. The other comment I wanted to make on is, you know, I, you got to be really impressed what, what Alabama's putting on the field, but you got to be impressed with what Clemson put on the field, too. And it what it does, it shows us not how far we are from, but what we should shoot for and to make sure that we're going to be com- kind of competitive in the ACC. And my yeah. last comment I just wanted to make is, um, for the 25 kids that we need, if you could just, you know, you could put me on hold out of this, could you just tell me, like, four positions that we need to really, really get not maybe a five-star, but an impact player, you know. And I'll tell you, um, I think we need one on the O-line. I think we need one on the D-line. And I think what we need in the secondary. But you put me on hold. You tell me four I'll agree. that we need uh, an I'll impact agree with, player I'll, on. I'll agree with you on that. Um, I would add running back. I don't think you have a franchise running back on this team right now. Um, I don't think you have a number one receiver on this team right now. 
Um, I think the defensive backfield's getting ready to get thin really quick. So, and I, I totally agree with you with offensive defensive line. So that covers pretty much the whole team. And okay. I would have included linebacker on my list, except they've already got no, three guys on campus. I think we got to the so, so, but, so, so, but let, let me, me tell you something. If they didn't have those three guys, you'd be putting it on the list. So that basically tells you where this program is right now. They need everything. I would. But, but can I ask you this, and you put me on hold, how big of a flip would Amir Rasul from Florida State be? And then you can put me a hold about that because I really think that I think that's a get. I'm not saying yeah. that he's going to come in and he's going to turn the program around next year, but maybe a redshirt year in. That's not a horse we need to let Florida State get in that state. I mean, he might be the best you can get right now. So yeah, you got to take your shot there, and I think he, he'll, he'll visit and, and and they will take their shot. And if you compare him with Homer, I think that'd be a decent running back class. I'm not sure either one of them is the type of franchise back that Mark Ricks used to. Um, up there at Georgia, but, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, man, I'm putting you on hold, and we're going to go to one more call tonight. Apologies to those of you who um, are in the queue but not getting on. Let's go to the 954. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, is it me? That's you. That's you. Hey, Jose. Hey, not for nothing, but I've been hearing so much of this stuff. Every time I talk to you guys, I want to put some more into it. I'm an old fine Kane, but uh I listen to your show when I can, but uh, one thing I told you, like like Golden played fat man football or whatever, and we had the best recruits. They were probably the best kind of one-time cook, and and we had Sonny Michelle or whatever. And I mentioned we need the juice. We don't have the facilities that uh, Alabama has, Oklahoma, whatever. We need the, you know, the family, the, the uh, environment around here. We need coaches, and that one was Rump, one was Walsh with Rudolph. And those guys, I remember you telling me, no, but you got to tell the kids where to go. No, but you know what? You need those guys, and now Rump is one of us. And, and trust me, I know the guy. He's a great guy. And the best thing we have is a blessing. We got Rick. The thing is, that guy is the best coach. If you could develop the talent, I know these guys have been saying we need this and that. No, what we need is defensive tackles. Offensive linemen, and not to play right away, to reshore them and grow. But right now, we get diamond ducks and wide receivers and, and like uh, and defensive backs around here. But that guy, if you could develop a talent, whoever it was, and we were lucky enough to get Rick, let me tell you, they're walking into a stable of running backs, offensive linemen. They're they're proven. They got the guys coming reshorted in. And let me tell you something, whoever – Fix up this team is going to do great and know better than this guy. So I'll leave you with that at the end of the night. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again. All right, I want to thank everybody that participated tonight. I thought it was a great show. Uh, I want to thank Nuts.com for once again sponsoring. And uh, we'll be back next week to continue talking recruiting on what I'm sure is going to be a continuation of development. I've got the show slotted in next week for Tuesday night. So um, we will be back on Tuesday night next week and we'll continue this conversation on recruiting and and everything else. Uh, Exciting times, a lot going on. I encourage everybody, spend a lot of time at canesport.com. We're going to be launching our new uh, format here, um, I believe, in the next 24 hours. Uh, Should be ready at any time. I hope you guys like it. It's it's, it's, um, 
It's not real complex at the moment, but it's designed to be real mobile friendly so that those of you and um, what we've found is about 60% of our subscribers are using the site on their mobile devices. Um, so it's designed to work really well on, on your mobile browsers and for all the content to flow real seamlessly. So I, I hope you like it. Um, give, give us feedback. Uh, this is not the final product by any stretch of the imagination the engineers and developers are going to be constantly working to continue to enhance it and make it better so um once again thank you everybody for being part of the show we'll see you next tuesday night